this is Kyle O'Reilly. You're listening to and loving the Spanish Announce Table. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your main event of the week. Hailing from Table Show Studios in Kansas City. Hosted by Captain Awesome and T-Mac. It is the Spanish Announce Table. It is uh, episode 215. We are recording of the Spanish Announce Table. I'm Captain Awesome and that's T-Mac over there. Otherwise known as Tim and Tom. Indeed, that is our birth names uh, that were given to us by mothers and fathers. Yep, my father wanted to name me Grady. My mother wanted to name me Matthew Scott. Oh, I wouldn't like you. But then I'd be Eminem. <laughs> yeah, Matthew Scott McCall, you'd be, you'd be like a MSM. I don't know what that would be. No, I would just went with MM. MM. Eminem. 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 M&M. You would have been. I would have ate M&Ms all the time. And that could have been like my little logo. You know what I, I used to Man, love, You would have got beat up is... really bad. Well, yeah, but I still eat yeah. M&Ms all the right, time. Right, yeah, yeah. Like... M&Ms will make it better. <laughs> yep, that makes it fine. It doesn't hurt. Not on the inside if I have my M&Ms. Right. Um, but you know what I used to love as a kid because my initial was TM because Thomas McCullough. Yeah. I like I like the trademark. Yeah. You know, the TM yeah. and then the huh? circle around it. I used well, to do that. I thought that... If I was going to be famous, that was yeah. going to be my signature. Well, Circle R, because uh, my last <laughs> name is, yeah, right, exactly, yeah, exactly, yep. Hey, man, uh, this is think a... think you're going to be famous. You think you're going to be famous. Uh, T-Mac, what's new? Nothing. A lot Nothing. of yard work. We did a lot of yard work. We removed about six years of brush from this household. Um, we mowed, we string trimmed, uh, then we went to, uh, Emily's parents' lake house and Lee Summit. They got flooded out, so we were cleaning up and doing all that stuff. I didn't do too much because I had worked out at Glory and then came over, so I caught the tail end of it, but did that. Um, what else? Uh, did just a lot of that kind of stuff. Had some good donuts from Donutology, which if you've never been to Donutology in Kansas City, visit. You get to create your own donut from scratch, and it is as amazing as you think. All different types of options. Chocolate, peanut butter cups, which you know are my favorite. Bacon you can put on there. Maple, powdered sugar. Mmm, so good. Woo, had some of that, so Woo. that was a highlight. Um, and then, oh, you want to hear how my body's a piece of shit this week? Yeah. Yeah, here's this. this. Listen to this. Oh, I didn't even tell you about this off off air. I yawned Sunday morning. And ever since I yawned, I got a sharp pain <laughs> on in the bone in front of my left ear and I can't and I can't chew all the way. I can't chew properly. I can't put my like, you know when you put your teeth together to like grind, you know, I feel like you're angry or something like that. I can't do that right now cuz for some reason when I do the left side of my jaw, there's a shooting pain in the bone in front of my left ear. How the hell does that happen? 
All of life is pain, T-Mac. I don't know if you're starting to figure this out now that you're uh, past the golden age. Uh, I tell so. you. Because, yeah. And then, you know, everyone's a WebMD, so they're like, did you get punched? And I was like, I wish. Not this time. I mean, yeah, I do get punched, but it didn't happen. It happened because of a yawn. A uh, yawn. One of the greatest uh, memes I saw all week, T-Mac, is it said the line from 8 Mile, and it said, uh, uh, you know, it's, Knees weak, palms are sweaty, there's vomit on a sweater already, and it was like, WebMD, cancer. (laughs) It's like, God damn it, that is so true. That is great, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, a yawn has taken me out and has ruined uh, my my health for this week, which in the four years of this show, it's been something. Spider bites, cops, yawning now. Rip meniscus, torn labrums, Jesus mm-hmm. of Mary! I have just been. You are oh, not, I had some kidney stones during your, this podcast. Your mileage is past warranty, T Mac. Yeah, and things are starting to clink and clunk. If and I was a video game character, the health bar would just be flashing the the entire mm-hmm. time. Yeah, and you just got to eat a cheeseburger every once in a while to just right. spike it up just enough to get you through to the next day, man. Uh, I oh, know the hey, feeling. Actually. The other cool thing, because we just heard, uh, there she is again, Josephine barking. Uh, I got her a WWE Championship chew toy, which, you know what my favorite thing to do with it is? Is to take it, and as she's, like, you know, walking around the living room or just, you know, trying to find Emily, I'll take the belt, and I'll be like, oh, by God! And I'll hit her in the back (laughs) with it, like, really... By God, by God, King. <laughs> and then she doesn't know what a, she doesn't know what's going on, so she just turns around and bites it, and then we yeah. play tug of war with it. But <laughs> I love to hit her with the title. <laughs> That's great. Uh, great pet owner should. Yep. yep. Yeah. I, mean, I don't hit her hard. Yeah, it's like course. a soft. It's a yeah. soft jab. Of course, you're not that evil of a human being. You would only treat humans like that. That's. Yeah, I would definitely hit a human really hard, but never a dog. Never. Um, But enough about me. What's uh, new with you on the farm? We were doing similar stuff out on the ranch. We, uh, at the road, there is um, weeds growing in the ditch that the previous owners probably let grow. It has to be years now. And then, you know, the neighbors were his brother, and he was like, yeah, I stopped doing it. Their side is all, it's like nice grass cut, and then there is just this, like, it looks like an unventured jungle of weeds the other half like there's just a line i was like well you know where the property line is right so we had to (laughs) clear all that out i had to spray it with roundup come back days later and just literally we're yanking some of it out of the ground i'm taking like a hedge trimmer to cut it down and then i'm respraying with roundup and we did all that and uh uh, that took you know over the course of a weekend or whatever or more and the problem is it's like most of these weeds had burrs as like their leaves you know like those little sticky Mm-hmm. little things that stick so i've got clothes out in the garage now that i don't think i'm ever gonna wear again because i just don't know how i'm gonna get all this shit off there. I literally it looked like i was wearing spotted clothes look like a bad version of dusty roads so uh we did yeah, all you that. look like the worst version of the worst version of dusty roads you're right thanks <laughs> for that um <laughs> thanks um, well, no, what I'm saying is when he was in the polka dots, that yes, was the worst version of I Dusty know. Rhodes. Mm-hmm. I wasn't saying. And then like, I look like the worst version of that. So, right, <laughs> right, right. No, uh, but that was the biggest uh, thing, I think, really, that we did, man. Other than that, working, uh, uh, the wife is out um, for Chicago for a work trip, going, making waves. Chi-town. You know? 
Chi Town. Uh, or actually, now they're calling it Chirac. Te- well, yeah. Because uh, you get shot up there now. Texting me as we speak. All right. And I got a hi, babe. So I'm babe. All right. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Isn't that nice? So, yeah. That is nice. But Compl- we will. Yeah. Men need to get more compliments from yes. their spouses. God damn it. Yes. Yes. Can you we know? get real for a moment? Can we yeah. get real? Can we break out of wrestling? I mean, we haven't started talking about wrestling much at all, but uh, man, yeah, right? Like, uh, man, it, I, I saw somebody post what I thought was going to be great, right? Uh, friends of ours are married somewhat recently, and she posts a lot about how she loves him, and he posts about how he loves her, right? They're, they're really in love. Uh, and then she posts this thing. It was like, oh, you should follow these rules for a great, healthy relationship, right? And I'm like, I'm going to read this, right? They seem to be greatly in love right and she posted this right she posted it right she was like everybody should follow these tips and i was like oh it's gonna be like how to treat your partner better and everything Mm -hmm. and it was literally all like she chose you remember that always treat her like the queen she is every day and i was like well fuck this right i was like this is only (laughs) this is only now i get the the selling point behind those is they go well if you live like that and the other person lives like that right you know right uh, but But that wasn't that wasn't explicitly Uh, written out it wasn't and furthermore uh nobody fucking goes to that extreme right how do we live in reality here and actually do these things right and the thing is uh fucking a pretending to i do this all the time and you gotta pretend to 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 really be fucking really emphatically supportive of their shit, right? Like, be like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's great that you, yeah, great, you're great at that. Absolutely, you should do more of that, right? That's what we need, right? Yeah. And men don't get enough of that. We're, we're expected to be this, like, ah, God damn it, whatever, right? Ah, just fucking, nah. But, fuck, even, like, something, right? You know what I mean? Like, guys need yeah. that. They need a, they need a, a little pick-me-up once in a while, like, hey, Right? You're doing great over there. Yeah. I like this. Yeah, like, hey, everybody, look how great, you know? Ah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, there's some comedians that cover this a lot. It's, it's we grew up in this, remember the late 90s sitcoms, even into the 2000s? What is, if it was always a family unit, what is the going regular trait of the male, the, the paternal figure in that? Disgruntled. Disgruntled and uh, undersexed and yep. made fun of. And ridiculed and dumb, right? So the like punching that's, bag, right? And so that's kind of permeated into society. Where just you know what I mean? We are that, right? But we deserve some compliments. I mean, women do too. Of and course. and if you're in a same sex marriage or relationship, right? You know, I'm just saying the other sure, person, right, right, right. They it's, need they need right. some love. Just think about it right? every so often. Actually, you know what? I got a great compliment. I'm going to talk about it before we get into pro wrestling. It made me feel really good, and I didn't even mean to do it. Got my hair cut over this weekend, right? Over this past weekend. Getting my hair cut by an English man from London named JP. JP. And JP from London. I just sold my flat. Yeah, that's a terrible accent. Yeah, I know. Emily thinks I sound like Forrest Gump, but now I keep doing it. Anyhow. And he's like, so do you live around here? I was like, oh, yeah, I just live up the street. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Uh, Do you live alone? I was like, no, I live with my girlfriend. And I just was like, yeah, she's pretty great. And he goes, wow, I cut a lot of people's hair. And usually it's, man, it's one of them things, you know, like, or you know how it is. And you just said, it's great. And you just, you really meant it. And I was like, yeah, I did. He's like, that's awesome. And then I was like, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's great. That's good stuff, man. And see? Yeah. See? That's, That's an extra P. All right. 
an extra P. And we'll get into that because we're going to start talking about wrestling. And, hey, uh, we have – all right, we talked about it. We are recording episode 215 on the seven-year anniversary of the greatest match of all time between – Melina and Alicia Fox. Right? Right? <laughs> Melina and Alicia Fox. Right? Greatest match of all time. September 6, 2010. You might have missed it. You might not have been watching it live. <laughs> the greatest match of all time between... Melina and Alicia Fox. So, I'll remind you, when we found out that this was the greatest match of all time, right, was on Tough Enough years later, when Cameron was, uh, you know, being interviewed by Steve Austin. In it. What's your favorite match? My favorite match was with Melina and Alicia Fox. And if you watch this video on YouTube, he is flabbergasted. Who? Right? I mean, just, oh, the greatest match of all time. You had to go back then and see, man, what was she talking about in this match? Melina and Alicia Fox. And it, yeah, you have to go back and see it. Uh, T-Mac, what, what does this match mean to you? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, all right. So, later on in the show, not to talk about the greatest match of all time between... Melina and Alicia Fox. We have... We talked about NWL. We went there Saturday. We got to see some some friends that we haven't seen in a bit. We hadn't been to one of those NWLs in a while. Um, but uh, we've got one of the NWL stars also on the show this week. Uh, his name is Flex Zerba. Who? Flex Zerba, right? And yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna love Flex if if you're not from around this area or the you know the Oklahoma area, the Memphis area, and of course you know areas out there if you haven't seen flex he wrestles by many other names you might know the guy by many other names i, I you know i mean i don't know which ones we're supposed to put out there but uh just you don't need to know him to enjoy this interview because he's got stories about jerry lawler he's got stories about going down the road uh with kevin nash kevin nash is in there uh just a guy who's been around and knows some people and from all we see on social media uh these people uh, compliment him and and just think he's a good dude and uh, and we compliment him too because he is a good dude he's a great dude and oh, this is a, a really fun interview so uh yeah we'll be doing that mm-hmm. in the third segment and yep. so stay tuned for that yep. again you got some name droppers there mm-hmm. some chris candinos some kevin nashes some uh jerry Lalas, mm-hmm. as they are and uh it's great he has some personal really good stories uh, it's going to be fun. So we got that in the third segment, but before we get on any farther in this show, I want to stop it for a second and share my things to be positive about. Yeah, I, like I that. call them my three P's. You ready? Segways. That's a P one. I'm going to throw an extra P, uh, T max segways. Yeah. Come right? on with it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Three P's P one. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, these are more general because I, I didn't want to be like specifically it was the body slam into the cage match. It was just, man, this has been fun. And so P1, Strowman keeps it rolling. That's what I wrote. Yeah. I mean, he is starting to get not to the level of Stone Cold, but he's becoming the guy that has moments, right? So he has the run through the ambulance door. He has the cool catchphrase of I'm not finished with you. He now has a Big show being thrown through a cage. He has the ring explode on him on a superplex. And so he's becoming this like moment magnet in pro wrestling where he's just captivating. He has good charisma. He's believable as a guy that can kick your ass. He's athletic. He's agile. He's in a lane that 
suits him well. And now he's creating these moments. And another one happened this Monday where he supl- or excuse me, he body slammed uh, Big Show through the cage after he beat him. Yeah. How cool is that? That was fun. Yes. So that's P1. P2. And this is another one where it's not anything specific. It was just... You know, everyone wants to, to push this guy to the moon, and it seems like WWE also wants to push him to the moon, and so that's just a marriage made in heaven. But it, but it's KO, Kevin Owens, as they call him, shines in the spotlight on SmackDown. I mean, think about it. On both Raw and SmackDown, he is the only guy that's bringing Vince McMahon back onto television. There's not a bigger spotlight. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can you can say the Roman Reigns and the John Cena's the battle for the top spot. You can say the Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman because it's a title and two you know massive white silver back gorillas fighting is all <laughs> awesome and everything. And now you have Nakamura for his second chance at a title, and that's all great. But Kevin Owens is bringing Vince McMahon back on a television. And when Vince McMahon is on television at worst, it's memorable for a week at best. It's a moment that lasts forever. Well, and it's guaranteed some mainstream media coverage. Yes. Right. Your picture with Vince McMahon in the ring is going to be all over CBS sports. And who else is covering that? Cause CBS sports covers WWE now and ESPN covers them like on their, show uh, who else has mm-hmm. been putting out stuff lately sports illustrated will put out stuff forbes uh, these days yeah, forbes does so uh yeah on on yeah, usa today usa today will cover big events even so they, yep. they yeah they get the coverage so when vince mcmahon comes on people notice so that's great for him yeah p3 and this is something i mentioned earlier but i put it in the third spot because it's not as good as the other two but it's also pretty good for the wrestling week and i stuck to wwe because that's the number one show in town and so that's what you go to when things like new japan isn't you know making waves or ring of honor isn't crowning a new champion things like that so i said the main event of smackdown was really awesome a dream match now may may not have been your dream match but nakamura versus randy orton a dream match that delivered I mean, it was so much fun. You had the Nakamura arm bar that he transitioned from a attempted RKO. He had everything fun. It was a clean matchup, so no Singh brothers or Jinder Mahal, you know, messiness. And they cut gr- good promos to start the show. Then you got to the match, and they delivered. I thought that they had good chemistry, which I've said this a million times in the four years we've done this show. When Randy Orton cares... He is, I I think, the best wrestler in the world. It's just 90% of the time he doesn't care anymore. Right. I love so his promo. It seemed on SmackDown. like he cared. And it was awesome. I yeah. loved it. I thought it was great. Yep, I agree. That was good. So there's there's the three P's for your A's. Yeah, that's that's great. T Mac always kicking us off positive. Well, then let's break into. Uh, we're going to talk about the four hottest topics on the newswire in the mother loving news. T Mac. Do you want to go first? I do not. Okay. <laughs> uh, he bullied somebody, right? Or, you know, uh, yeah, he probably did. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all right. 
John Layfield announced on Twitter that he is leaving his position as a play-by-play commentator on SmackDown Live. JBL said that he's leaving so he can focus on his work with at-risk children and communities. Quote, after much consideration, I will be stepping back my, uh, yeah, I will be stepping back my weekly role as SmackDown announcer to dedicate more continuous time on the work I have done since 2010 with at-risk kids and communities. My new schedule will allow me to continue to be a part of the WWE family and also continue my work that I feel is the most important thing in my life. Um, so. Who's going to give us our rugby fun facts every Tuesday night? Yeah. No. I'm not buying. I mean, look, yes, he has done that. Like that's been his thing. It's been a bit. He's very charitable. Um, Mm -hmm. for you know, maybe that's you know, he doesn't want karma to catch up to him in the end. Um, you know, like he's been an asshole his whole life. Uh, not you know, some people consider him the greatest guy ever. I mean, Ron Simmons is fucking best friend. Bruce Pritchard thinks highly of him, but he surely has bullied the fuck out of a lot of people. And I don't believe this is why he's leaving. I uh, totally agree with you because, for one, if this was a move that he was thinking about, WWE, you would think, if he's going to stay in the WWE family, as he says, would have been prepared to then transition a new person to replace him. I think with a brand split, Corey Graves is not the ideal person to have on both shows because he is a dominant presence with his commentary. So you want two distinct voices in every position. Obviously, if you have the same guy on two shows, that doesn't get accomplished. So I think if JBL was going to leave and he wanted to do it on his terms in this fashion that he is publicly stating, then a Nigel McGinnis would have got called up and then someone in NXT would have, you know, filled in his shoes, things like that. Hire they T-Mac. Have just done this. Yeah, yeah I'd do it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I'd do it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think. Call me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, call call my people. Talk talk to my people. My people will talk to your people, WWE. We'll we'll get to it, maybe. Uh, I don't think if this was done the way he is trying to say it was done, that it would happen this way. Corey Graves would have just been like, oh, hey, guys, guess what? Uh, Now I'm on this show, too. Cool. Mm -hmm. Like, they would have done it differently. So, yeah, we don't know all the facts. I think this is either a JBL pissed off another person on top of the Moro thing, and that was the last straw, or it could have been a JBL says, hey, bitches, you can't do this shit without me, and WWE said, well, we're going to try then because we're not going to pay you more money. Yeah. And so we're, it's We were like doing it happened. before and after you, and then before and after you again. Like, right. We so, can do this. I, no I, I one think... person, no one person has ever been bigger than the WWE. Do you think, except for Vince? Yeah. Do you think Vince is that guy? Do you think when Vince dies? Because I'm, I'm convinced he's not leaving until he dies. We're sidebarring off of the J. Fuck him. Uh, <laughs> fuck that guy. All right. I mean, I'm sure he's a. You know, whatever. Like Vince McMahon, when he dies, is does it cease to be how we've ever known it? I mean, like, will it continue on? I mean, is Triple H and Stephanie good? Are they going to continue it on, like, or does it well, slowly I die out? I definitely think there's going to be real changes that you you're going to see, maybe not immediate, but maybe within two years of wow, this is not something you would have seen in the Vince McMahon era. I think you'll say that to yourself, you know, a hundred times right. over. But as far as like existing and being relevant, and you know what I mean, like. 
I think so. I think they'll, what they'll do is they'll they'll be able to. I think there's so many things that Vince does that he thinks are important that maybe, and this sure. is me just speculating, that Triple H and even maybe Stephanie yeah. don't feel yeah. that way. It's not all roses with Vince McMahon. He's not. Every decision isn't gold, right? Well. But my point is, is I don't think we're going to have to have special words banned like title or belt or whatever. Yeah. Like that stuff will go away. Well, and maybe there's no XFLs risking the business, you know, like, you know, but in that same vein, I also think Vince McMahon is the greatest visionary to ever happen in pro wrestling. Was Vince McMahon a creation essentially? I mean, he didn't create the medium, but he made it what it is. Yeah, the network. The network. Yeah. All of these, all of these different moves. Well, the whole idea of it being how it exists today—just that it could exist on that grand scale and be this traveling circus. Essentially, God, we get a lot of heat for saying that, but it's a circus act, man, and it always was. And it just is. He returned it into being the biggest circus act there is and longest right. running. So I think some of the positives, you know, whenever that day happens is, yeah, belt won't be a banned term mm-hmm. or uh, you can say hospital and you don't have to say medical facility, things like that. But also on the same uh, – on the other side of the coin, I don't think you're going to see the boldness and the bet on yourself – brash moves that right. Vince is known for. So where will the business go? I don't know, but it will definitely be different. That's my yeah, opinion. Yeah. All right. Well, and uh, on that note, hashtag JBL. Bye. See ya. Well, if you have no plans on the holidays, WWE has something for you, man. Huh? I mean, I mean, I don't have friends, so well, then you and the kids mm-hmm. can be a part of this fun experiment. WWE announced for the first time ever, Raw will air live on Christmas night and on New Year's Day. Historically, WWE would tape those shows prior to the holidays, but here is the official announcement. Prepare to celebrate the holidays with WWE this year as Raw broadcasts live on Christmas night, December 25th, and New Year's Day, January one. This marks the first time that WWE will present Monday night's hottest show live on Christmas and New Year's holidays. These unprecedented broadcasts aim to best serve you, the WWE Universe, during the holiday season. Deck the halls and ring in the New Year with Monday Night Raw live on December 25th and January 1 on the USA Network. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it being taped, but the problem is when they pre-tape these they go just hokey and bullshit on them because they're like we have spoilers and all that mm-hmm. i mean yeah i don't know Who's, uh, two things i'm two not things. gonna watch it live that day i'll still i don't watch it live mondays now anyway i generally watch it the next day right well two things one is it that needed where we saying you know what would be fucking awesome is if we did a sh- we wanted shows on christmas no one's saying that. And two, no one. it and two, it kind of feels. I feel as an adult, and remember, the average audience uh, member is a fifty-five-year-old person. I feel icky as an adult thinking that these men and women with children's and families of yeah, their own right. have to perform 
a meaningless tribute to the troops type of show well, that yeah. I'm not going to care about. And it's not even that, like, so it's not even that, like, oh, they can't be there Christmas Day. They also have to travel to get there and then to the next place. So they're not, like, anywhere near on Christmas, likely, unless they just happen mm. to be living near wherever they're touring that day. I forget where they said they were coming out of. Yeah, I didn't you know? say. So, yeah, I mean, like, fuck, man. I, yeah. But you know what? Congratulations if you're on SmackDown Live. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a perk, <laughs> right? That's a raw show. Right. That's Those a are perk. raw shows. That's a perk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, well, we'll move on. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Finkel is not Einhorn? Well, it's just... Oh, yeah. Oh, T-Mac, have you not heard this? No, are you this not? Might are, be it for me. If, are if you this not? Is impact Wrestling. As noted, <clears throat> well, not, yeah. <clears throat> GFW announced today that Jeff Jarrett is taking an indefinite leave of absence from the company to focus on personal matters. It was noted in the announcement that Jarrett will be available to the company on a consultative basis as needed. Boy, we've heard this before, right? We also noted how the decision... Uh, I'm reading off this off of WrestlingInc.com, so... We also noted how the decision on Jarrett taking time off was made just a few hours before GFW posted the announcement on their website and how Jarrett posted an optimistic early morning tweet that indicated he knew nothing of the leave that was to be announced. PW Insider reports that Anthem's Ed Nordholm made the decision today and that he personally met with Jarrett in Nashville this afternoon. Jarrett was set to host an NFL fantasy draft with members of the GFW staff that evening. But that was nixed, and the staffers are hosting the draft at the GFW offices instead. Regarding what led to the leave, the feeling is that unhappiness with Jarrett involving his erratic behavior was a driving factor in Nordholm's decision. It appears they were not unhappy with the company's creative direction, with Jarrett as chief creative officer, but the situation that had been building for months and the final tipping point was AAA's Triple Mania event in Mexico in late August, where Jarrett, who recently put on weight, was not in the best shape for that event, and apparently stumbled down the ring steps right before wrestling in a battle royal for just a few minutes. He also took a while getting into the ring. Jarrett represented GFW in the match along with Moose and Bobby Lashley and was reportedly heckling fans and throwing tortillas into the crowd. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, so, <clears throat> another source noted to PW Insider that Jarrett was not blameless, but that there was also blame to be thrown in all directions of the company. The source claimed that a lot of things Jarrett had been publicly criticized for were just him towing the company line and following marching orders out of loyalty. Where was the rest of this that I want to see? Here, I'll just surmise it here. So, Jarrett still owns all the GFW name. <laughs> None of that was sold or transferred. So now, the merger is probably going to have to go away. <laughs> They're going to have to go back to being Impact Wrestling. So now Anthem Sports is reportedly shopping around trying to sell it off. <laughs> God, <laughs> They can't get anything... Off the ground for a solid direction in what? What was the the last longest thing was the Hogan Bischoff era? Oh, as far as leadership, yeah, and well, just like Dixie a direction. Or, well, yeah, I mean, oh, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as uh, creatively direction, right? Yeah. Here's my thing. When's the last time they made news that wasn't legal or bullshit like this? Yeah, like who's yeah. the heavyweight champion? I, I have no fucking clue. That's I'm not I'm watching saying. it. Like, I'm not, I don't care. The last thing to make note of that was the broken Matt Hardy thing. 
Yeah. And that was all hardies. He hates him now. You know what I mean? All hardies. Yeah. Yeah. I I was thinking about that. I saw this news today earlier uh, before we uh, broadcasted. Um, But the thing that hit me, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm way out in left field and this is completely off basis. But it seems to me, and I, you guys all know how I feel about Jeff Jarrett, as far as a creative mind and in-ring wrestler, he sucks. He's he always sucks. sucked. He's, yeah. he's been garbage at best his entire career. However, he's always seemed like a good person, right? I've always heard that. Like, plenty of people love him, right? Jim Cornette, Bruce Prichard. Uh, now, he did wrong by Vince McMahon holding him up for all that money. But even when he got to WCW, people seemed to like him, right? Right. Now, again, I could be out in left field, but it seems to me that since his wife died X number of years ago, he has just been in the woods wandering around and he happened to bump into Karen Jarrett, who now she's starting to look like the crazy one in the whole Kurt Angle, Karen Jarrett drama because Kurt is like, getting his life together, you know, taking care of his 11 children or whatever it is. Yeah, he didn't help by being addicted to everything in the world, but yes. Well, but what I'm saying is, yeah, he was addicted to everything. And again, I'm, I am, I am connecting dots that could not oh, of be course, there sure. at all. Of course, but right. what I'm saying is, you know, he was addicted to everything, but he was married to Karen Jarrett. Right. And now Jeff Jarrett is stumbling downstairs and putting on weight and fumbling around. And he's married to Karen Jarrett. Right. Well, who's the common denominator? Right. Yeah. Karen Jarrett seems right. like. Right. And again, that could just be speculative. I'm not saying that that's the case. It just from well, an she didn't have a great reputation. I mean, her reputation precedes her. You know. Right. That's what I'm saying. So from an outsider's pr- perspective, it kind of seems like when we talk about Paige and Del Rio, it's like you got to leave this toxic fucking person. And I'm not saying she is, but from an outsider's perspective, it looks like it. And ever since his wife died. It just seems to be one debacle after another with nothing of substance coming in a positive way and just shit in the bed, waking up and then shit in the bed again and never getting out of those sheets. You know what I mean? And yeah, so, I do know what you mean. Yeah, who Man. hasn't been there? Man. But it sucks for him. Yeah. Hey, speaking uh, of uh, more people who suck, let's get to the next story. Uh... There it is. Good enough. (laughs) All right. Here's the headline. It's not cool to be lame. It's not cool to be lame. So who's lame? Um, We're talking. Oh, Young Bucks. Exactly. Yes. The Young Bucks indicated on Twitter that the use of the crotch chop, which was made famous by DX. Mm Mm-hmm in the late 90s, would no longer be permitted by WWE after they received a cease and desist notice from WWE. They discussed the letter on episode 68 of The Elite, which if you watch 67 of those, you need a life. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh. Guys, you know what this reminds me of? And I always use a school analogy, and I use that for one reason only. Because I assume, if you weren't homeschooled or grew up in a rural, you know, farmhouse type of educational system. If you went to standard American high school. Or even, I I feel like GBL and the uh, Catas of the world kind of had the same social, 
uh, climate. Yeah, that's that universal America, across, right? Yeah, yeah, that universal of like here's the cool kids, here's the nerds, here's the jocks, here's the uh, you know uh, stinky kids, here's the hot girls, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so that's why I use that analogy all the time because I've had people ask me like, why do you always say that? And that's the reason why. Anyhow, this is what it seems like to me when. The, the young bucks say, hey, guys, uh, WWE gave us a cease and desist because we're copying their shit. It's like when when the kid in class gets in trouble. And so what he does is when the teacher is scolding him, he like giggles and laugh, laughs and his face turns red. And he like tries to like, this is cool, isn't it? And everyone's like, no, man, you're a fucking dumb dumb. <laughs> yeah. Stop being a dumb dumb. Like, it's not cool to rip someone off. You're not original you're not it no one thinks you're cool man you're like wcw nitro right now as far as being awesome and that wasn't even cool we say that man but so many people do think they're cool i so i just i like yeah you know who does the uh, same people that were when they were in school and got in trouble (laughs) would look around and like (laughs) that was pretty cool right the teacher got really mad isn't that cool (laughs) no it's not it's never cool to just be a lame schmuck, and that's all you are. It's not Why cool to be lame. Up? Yeah. Hey, guys, they said we couldn't copy them anymore. They're losers, right? Yeah. <laughs> losers. No, you're the loser. You're unoriginal. Be better and try your best to get something over that you created. Like the greatest match of all time between Melina and Alicia Fox, which we will discuss later in the next segment. That's better than the Bullet Club. (laughs) Who? All right, we will come back. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. Look, next segment we got tweet the table hashtag tweet the table. It's the most fun and interactive game in wrestling radio. We also have a few emails because we asked for those. Last week, because we know how much the greatest match of all time between Melina and Alicia Fox means to everybody, and since we're recording on the seventh anniversary of that match, we we had to get the fans to talk to us, tell us what that match has meant to them. So we'll throw that in there as well, and then coming up in the third segment, we've got Flex, mother effing Zerba. Let's talk about Flex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the PRs that we can get together. Let's talk about Flex. <laughs> I like that. Right? Yeah. Mr. Swole. He'll be up in the third segment. But before we do all that, we have to take a break. we got to go get some beers or waters or whatever we're going to do. But then we'll come back and do Tweet the Table when we return to the Spanish Announce Table, which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net and... Jesse Ventura gave Gene Okerlund the moniker Mean Gene. Training Topics Network, Dad Cam. Yes, we are recording. You are back on the Spanish Announce Table. It is the second segment of episode 215, which is being recorded on the seven-year anniversary of the greatest match of all time between Melina and Alicia Fox. T-Mac, whose music is playing right now? Melina's. Melina's, yeah. 
Uh, but you know that. I mean, obviously, with the greatest match of all time, uh, you know yeah, it well. Yeah, so, you know. ins and outs of both of their careers. How mm. could you forget those splits and then the forehead? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, the splits of... Melina. And the forehead of... <laughs> Who? All right, so I'm going to save that one for long-term use. Who? Right? We can use that forever. That's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, uh, so let's just get into Tweet the Table. It's a fun, interactive segment of the show. In fact, the most fun and interactive segment in all of wrestling radio. You, I agree. You, the listener at home, get to tell us what to talk about. And you do that throughout all of time. You just use hashtag Tweet the Table on Twitter with whatever wrestling thought you're having at the time. If you're watching the shows, if you're eating dinner, ignoring your kids by, you know, just looking at your phone, use hashtag Tweet the Table. I implore you to ignore your loved ones around you and use hashtag Tweet the Table whenever you have a wrestling thought, and we'll read the best of them right here on this show. It's great advice. Let's do it. It's great advice that I'm giving out here. At B underscore double underscore D says, listening to Sasha Banks on the Not Sam podcast, and she sounds way too sour for someone as young to the business as she is. Hashtag Tweet the Table. I haven't heard the interview, but I've seen all the buzz and seen the, you know, the, the talking I mean, points. Yes, but then I, some people are hating on her because they want to hate on her. Yes. L- put yourself in her shoes. Of course, when you're walking to a hotel room, you don't want six people there saying, can I get your autograph? Well, is this for you? No, I'm going to sell it on eBay. Well, then fuck off. Like, I don't understand that criticism. I totally get it when you're like, this isn't even for you. You're just trying to make money off of me. Go fuck off. I'm tired. It's the the same feeling from a young person that you get from an old person when they're like, well, back in my day, I blah, blah, blah. If so, the criticism from the younger wrestlers and the, and the crowd that, that the backlash that she's gotten is is that same kind of, well, oh, you think you got it hard, huh? You know what I mean? Like, it's just that right. fucking, I hate that. It's like, let her be honest that that sucks. And everybody knows that sucks. Now, you can look at it philosophically and try to be all fucking nose in the air like Bully Ray was and say, well, well, you just don't want to be the person that doesn't have anyone waiting for you. Like, okay, okay, we get it because no one's waiting for you. Can we? But that doesn't mean you have to put that out on her. Can we acknowledge, too, that we need to tell the rest of society that, hey, calm the fuck down. It's five in the morning. Don't bother her. Yeah, right. Or like it's two we in the afternoon, and she just got off of a four-hour flight. Yeah. We don't need to act like we got to be like, oh, thank you, fa-. like, come on, man, thank you, fan, but have a little bit of tact and and respect for another human being trying to get about their day. I don't yeah, go up to you and be like, oh my god, you work at the fucking shoe store? Tell me about the fucking shoes, man. Like, how do they come in? What what happens there, man? Do you have any pairs on you? What happens, man? Do you, like, scan them in, or do you just, like, hand inventory them? And then, like, do you lace them up yourselves? Do you put stuff that, like, do you stuff the paper into the sheet? Like, I don't fucking do that to you, right? So don't. Right. God. Why can't it we say annoying. that? Why can't we say that? At Chris Mercado. <laughs> because going, fans are always right. Yeah, no, they're not. And the customer isn't always right, and the fan isn't always right. I'm always right. At Chris Mercado 23. I like that fucking guy. Says, uh-oh, Kurt Angle's on his phone again. Is there another child out there he doesn't know about? Hashtag tweet Gable. the table. Gable. <laughs> yep, they're both Kurt Angle's. They're Angel's brothers. Songs. Oh, God. Is that the angle they're going to go? They're the new Dudleys. 
Oh my god. <laughs> the new Dudleys. Gable and Jordan. Yes. <laughs> At Katie first. Lady. Says Kyrie Sane. Did I say that right? Versus Shayna Baszler in the finals of the May Young Classic. This should be most interesting. Hashtag tweet the table. This is all about the four horsewomen. You called this uh, mm-hmm. a years ago, right? I yep. feel like. And and they've even alluded to it. They had that like uh, video surface where Ronda Rousey's talking shit, right? I mean, okay. The worst acting. That made ESPN. <laughs> and it was all about how bad of acting Ronda Rousey had. Which she is. Who thought? Remember this? Here's a fun, fun little trip down memory lane. Remember when we used to think that Ronda Rousey could compete against Floyd Mayweather? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you were vehemently arguing with me that you were like nobody will ever beat Ronda Rousey. They were, you were like there was nobody even in her league. Like you said, the time it would take for them to get in her league, she will have advanced so far that, <laughs> I mean, you were no, Paul Hammoning that shit. That. No, I still believe that. She just has the worst coach in Edmond that there is in any organized sport or individual sport. And she's so loyal to him that she's dig- digressing as the sport progresses. And that's why she got left behind and her heart's not into it because she's a front runner. And as soon as people catch up, which I didn't know at the time, she falters. Didn't realize that because I don't know her that well. Yep. But well, her skill level, yeah. Well, her but skill yeah. level is still amazing. Well, and then if she's trying to come into wrestling, man, you, Paul Heyman better manage her because, she, yeah, she cannot. She cannot act at all. I think that would be a great fit, though. I mean, Paul Heyman's already doing Brock. It's just, the, you know what I mean? Like, just have him be that dude, right? Fucking, he can talk yeah. for the four horsemen I mean, until yes, they get off the ground. But, yes, but we need. We need to get off of Paul Heyman a little bit. He can't just go to everyone. We always say, like... No, but this fits him. Yeah, this one. But we say that a lot. Like, just give, you know, Titus... Fucking Zack Ryder! It's a fucking easy fit! It's Paul Heyman and Zack Ryder! Oh, Joe (laughs) Wally! I mean, how can you not see it, dumbass? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. At MetaBoard2 says, testing... Mojo Raleigh... Mojo... Hold on. Mojo Raleigh as... Like a fitness coach for Paul Heyman would be hilarious. Oh my god. Now that would be really fun. See? They don't do fun stuff anymore. We've talked about this recently. They don't do these fun things. I fashion files. I'll give them that. They're doing that. That's fun. That's it. At Metaboard Two says testing an exploit to get New Japan Pro Wrestling free with T V Asahi. I don't know. Took hours to set it up. About to hit play. Wife walks in talking, no wrestling, please. Hashtag tweet the table. And then he posted the uh, rock eye-rolling gif that you love to use. Yes, I do love that. And then, uh, shut up. I don't know your relationship, but you can't watch wrestling. You're not allowed a hobby, sir. You're not allowed a hobby. I put hours into this. have a hobby. I'm watching men in tights, goddammit. I put hours into this. You Get can watch here. men and women in in their underwear play fighting as long as you or as for as long as you want, as long as you do your other responsibilities. Did you go to work? Yep. If you don't have a job, did you find a try to find a job? Did you clean yourself? Did you eat? Then you should have a hobby. And if your hobby is pro wrestling, tell whoever won't let you have that hobby to go piss up a road. Go piss up a road, huh? Yeah. I've never heard that. And then one. tell them how yeah. At Mr. Fourth Row says, remember when the wrestlers did their promos during SmackDown's opening theme music? 
That was awesome. Hashtag tweet the table. Am I missing something? Say again? He Say says, again? remember when the wrestlers did their promos during SmackDown's opening theme music? That was awesome. Hashtag tweet the table. Uh, maybe I don't understand what he's saying. Like, they would they would do, like, special videos that were for that intro, but I don't think they ever talked or anything. Yeah, well, and over the opening theme music, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't explain. remember that. Hashtag tweet the table explain further. At Theo75 <laughs> says... I am cheering for the Mechanics tag team over the bar and Seth and Dean. Go Mechanics! Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag chop shop. <laughs> yes. Let me clarify one thing, though, uh, before we go any farther, because I want to make sure that you understood I was joking uh, about the hobby. I think you should have a hobby, and I think you should be able to invest into it whenever you want, but don't tell your wife to go fuck off. I'm oh, yeah, no, don't do that. that. No. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. if you want a hobby, yeah, come on. Right, they yeah, just be like, hey, man, can I, like, eh, go watch The Bachelorette somewhere else. At Chris Mercado 23 says, thrilled to see Carmella on her own finally. Hopefully Ellsworth is on his way out. Surprised he made it last as long as he did. Hashtag tweet the table. Man, I. Well, you, hashtag psych, because they kissed at the end, uh, and then she smacked them, and now they're back together. Uh, I loved it. And he's like, yeah. yeah, you dorks, you probably don't even know what it's like to be kissed. Because yeah. <laughs> it was my first one. I love that, because uh, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, well, maybe he's gone. Like, should have used him how we talked about, right? And then mm-hmm. that, yeah. God, I love that SmackDown will do the long play, right? Yep. That's and, the thing they have over Raw. They're doing the long play. I mean, they tried on Raw with the Kurt Angle thing, but that's kind of falling flat. Oh, way flat. That's yeah. yeah that's a that's a turd in a punch bowl right it's, there. It's a it's a Lex uh, Luger type, you know. Yeah, that's a that's a swing and a miss. Yeah. But with this, one thing that I did see a lot online is people were like, well, where did this come from? This is just came out of nowhere. And I was like, no, it didn't. He's been fumbling around and fucking around with this briefcase that's so valuable to her that, of course, when he would cost her a match by using the briefcase, that would send her over the edge. So I thought the logic well, was there 100%. Well, ruined the briefcase even. Like almost cashed saying. in when like, she wasn't ready. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the logic was sound and, and very, very well done. I liked everything. I even liked the kiss and the smack. It was like, I'm going to get you in line. So here's a little taste. And then fucking remember that I'm the queen and you ain't like, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought, yeah, yeah, that that was a P that was a, that was another P. Yeah. Cause they can even go deeper with this. Like everything's fine for a while. And then they have another thing like this and it goes a little bit further than just the kiss. You know, like, or he just, or she starts just putting her pimp hand strong and he just starts flinching for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Then then we're getting into, yeah, some, some, uh, some domestic abuse storylines. They will not do that. They will not do that. All right. (laughs) I know. At Lady Undertaker says, love me some flashbacks. Man, Cena and Angle have come a long way. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah. Man, they looked, we're getting old, D-Mac. Can we, hold on, hold on. Can we put that little nugget of a moment in perspective no one gave a fuck at the time. Oh, no yeah. No one gave a shit. He floundered after that 
moment with Kurt Angle and the handshake from Undertaker for like six months. Yeah. So stop acting like he showed up, had a decent match with Angle, got a handshake from Undertaker, and then became the champion. He like right. he fucking sucked and looked like shit. And if it wasn't for a Halloween episode that he dressed up like Vanilla Ice and rapped on TV and got Stephanie McMahon's panties all wet. He would have been a nothing just like Mark Jindrak or Sean O'Hare or Renee Dupree or Carlito during that time. That time Man. of SmackDown was like really shit for that bottom okay. tier. So, into the mind of T-Mac again. That never happens. The Halloween episode, he gets a fucking flat tire and can't show up. And he gets Jindracked out of the, <laughs> That's a new term, right? It's Jindracked out of, out of WWE. What does the next 15 years look like in WWE's Orton. landscape? Orton. Orton. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely Orton. Orton. Yeah. Yeah. Which even then, what was his name? Uh, I can't think of it now. Uh, he, well, so, no. So who's Orton's Orton feud? Edge. Evolution. Edge had a big feud with Orton, but who else would have had the big, the big feuds? Because Orton Cena was a big thing for both of those guys. It would have been Orton Batista. Batista. Yeah. Batista. It would have been Orton, Batista, Orton, and then Edge. Triple H. Yeah, Edge. Yep. Triple H gets a little bit more shine there towards the end mm-hmm. than that transitional role. CM Punk, they might have taken a chance with yep. a little bit earlier. Yeah, I, yeah, I think there's like like you I mean, said, it would have been somebody. No yeah, there's no one too yeah. big. Yeah, yep. yeah, there's no one too right. big. So at Metaboard Two, get this one, T Mac. It's official. My kids are no longer fans. There's a WWE what? live show tonight, and they don't want to go. Hashtag Kansas City. Hashtag tweet the table. Hey, man. <clears throat> Who are you? Talk? Well, <laughs> hold on. Yeah. Do you need to talk? Because this is the guy that tried to have yep. New Japan play yep. in his house, and his wife said no. Right. And now his kids are saying we don't want to go. Yeah. Hey, we're here for you. Yeah, man. We're we here in you. Kansas City. Yeah, we're here in Kansas City, and we're here for your pro wrestling fix. We will be here. We yeah. will help you. Trust and tweet the table. We'll be your friend. Yeah, listen to us. Interact with us. Watch, you know, when you can. Uh, stop by an NWL show sometime. Maybe we'll be there. Uh, we'll be your we'll be your wrestling friends. Yeah, try to take your kids to an NWL. Maybe they'll like Dak more than Seth Rollins. Maybe so. Maybe they'll like Blaine Meeks more than Dean Ambrose. Maybe they will. I didn't know you were from Kansas City, Metaboard. At Theo75 says that TJ Perkins faked that injury. What a fraud and a fake gamer slash lamer. Boo! Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag cornet face. Theo really doesn't like that, that TJ. That TJP. I mean, does he? Yeah, does anybody? <laughs> like, do you think TJ Perkins likes himself? No, <laughs> I don't know. He might think very highly of himself. I don't know. You think? I don't know. I th- maybe. I don't I know. I don't see it. I don't know. You think he like goes home and like listens to uh, emo music and thinks about cutting his wrist or what? Do you... <laughs> well, no. I think he likes himself as like whoever, whatever his real name is. If TJ T- right. Perkins is his real name, you know. But I'm saying, like, do you think he likes the character? TJP. Do you think he's... Yeah, probably not. Yeah, do you not. think he likes TJP? Like, yeah, okay. Because what is it? So, guys. Yeah. Like, let's hypothetically say that Thanksgiving he gets to go home, which, God forbid, a WWE guy gets to spend a holiday with their family. Well, let's just say he comes from a good family that has all these different types of jobs. Doctors, uh, firefighters, head of 
the chief of police, all that kind of stuff, right? Do you think he has the confidence when someone says, and so what have you been up to? Let's just say his name is Jesse. So what have you been up to, Jesse? And he's like, so I'm a pro wrestler. Oh, really? Do you wrestle for, like, the John Cena stuff? Actually, I do. Oh, you do? Tell us your character. And he's like, okay. So remember when dabbing was cool, like, two years ago? So I do that. Yeah. And then you remember when video games look like shit? Yeah. That's my music and intro. Yeah. Isn't it cool? Yeah. Like, no. Like, hey, my character is that in my off time, I like video games. And not the new <laughs> ones. Not like PlayStation 4. Like Retro the, video the, games. Yeah, I like the Sega. But I'm not going to, like, talk about that. It's just a thing you know. Yeah. Right? No. You know what I'm he not does? Gonna... You know what he does? <laughs> yeah. He probably at Thanksgiving when they go, Hey Jesse, what you been up to? He's like, Oh, I just got I'm an office manager at an accounting firm. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, working like, insurance. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was not me. That was some yeah. guy named TJ Perkins. It's like, it's like I sell doors. <laughs> All right. At <laughs> <laughs> So side note, uh, I'm doing this estimate at, at work, right? And uh I'm like I'm really like busy on it, and this guy who you know we mutually fuck with each other, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's our relationship at work. Is going to be like, oh well, you're clearly fucking doing nothing, right? You know what I mean? Just give you some shit and then move about your day, right? So uh, he comes over and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Normally I come over here and you're busy, you know, on the Facebook worrying about your podcast, right? And I was like, "No, I'm over here making your fucking salary, right? Because I got to sell these fucking doors. So go sit the fuck back down, <laughs> right?" Yeah, it's got you've got to find a good friend like that at work where you just got to keep each other on your toes. You know what I mean? Like I always got to search for that one guy at work, right? To just gotta, to just take his soul. That's what yeah, it sounded like. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, I mean you know it's it's done in jest. Uh, hey man, hey man, right? your wife says uh, you suck at sex. It's it's basically roasting at work, right? You know what I mean? Just basically like, well, you know what I mean? Like you can't let your friends get too high, right? Like, hey, come back down here with the rest of us, motherfucker. Right? <laughs> you hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I heard your talent is uh, is like a punching fog. Mm. There's nothing there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like to remind him often. I'm like, you know, you know, you keep coming over here bothering me. He's taking directly out of your paycheck, right? Because if I don't sell these doors, you've got a fucking you know, job. That if you go hungry, it's because of me. Do you want to go hungry? Right. You want to go hungry, or you want to let me get back to my fucking work and stop giving me your face? One day the guy said, uh, "Well, I think the only thing working around here is your phone." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it's working pretty good, actually. Top speed." At Lady Undertaker says, "You got to have that friend at work, man. I'm telling you." She didn't say that. I'll get to what Lady Undertaker said. But you got to have that person. <laughs> You know what I mean? You don't have that. You don't have friends at work where you just go fuck with them. No, I don't. Uh, you work with a lot of ladies, huh? Well, and men that yeah. are like, so my son, he's about to have a son. I don't uh, even fuck. No, this guy Sal, right? And he's he's a uh, uh, he's Italian. Uh, no, he's uh, he's Hispanic, Latina. Gosh, I know. I've been told the culturally appropriate way to say that, and I forgot it completely. Yeah, right? and you're the commish. Uh, I'm not. I'm not the commission anymore. I resigned when I moved out of, of the city. Wait a minute. Yeah. What? We didn't cover that? Yeah. Well, man, I moved out of Olathe. I can't be the Olathe Human Relations Commissioner now. I had to, you know, say, sorry, I will be. There are. Are broken? Is that what has been wrong with you all these weeks? Is something wrong with me all these weeks? Well, haven't you been able to tell? 
<laughs> oh my god, it's worse than we thought. <laughs> He's not even aware. He doesn't even know. <laughs> he thinks everything is fine. <laughs> this is way worse. God, oh yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, man, I've just been so down. No, I did. I just had to tell him, I was like, hey guys, I, uh, you know. Because we moved kind of suddenly. That wasn't really a plan, you know, to come out here to the ranch. We just saw a good deal and pounced on it. Uh, so, yeah, I said, uh, hey, guys, sorry. For those who are new listeners, I was the uh, human relations commissioner in the city of Olathe, which, uh, you know, I stayed in the Kansas City metro, but I moved into Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, but I'm out in the, you wouldn't know I live in a city limits, but technically I do. Because uh, the entire Wyandotte County is, is now. Are you okay? Kansas. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Do I Man, not seem that fine? Makes so much sense now. Do I not seem fine? <laughs> now I totally get it. What are you're you talking about? You're going to give no me a complex here. You're going to give me a complex here. Man, the commish is dead. <laughs> the commish is dead. So wait a minute. When you got fired, did you super kick the guy? <laughs> I didn't get fired. Well, they heard the podcast. <laughs> they said, listen. He gave you a badge if you could give us that back. Uh. Did you give him the Shawn Michaels super kick like when he got fired from All the commission job? All of them. I went down the line, just super kick, super kick. Super. I did an RKO out of nowhere uh, on the fourth one, but then I went back to the super kicks. You got to throw it in like an RKO. Was it like Shawn Michaels super kick Ty Dillinger, who was known as Stan mm-hmm. at the time, mm-hmm. and then yep. just kept super kicking everyone down the hallway? Yeah, exactly. But I th- it randomly, I, I would throw in an RKO out of nowhere. Because you've got to... Gotcha. Right. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. Totally makes sense now. All the puzzle pieces guys, coming back together. Guys, hey, table show Ian's. Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. Table yep. show Ian's. Listeners, now we know. Right? <laughs> now we know. Now we know. At Lady Undertaker, finally getting back to Lady Undertaker, says, eventually... Brizongo are going to have to close fashion files. Hashtag tweet the table. It's the authors of pain. You think so, huh? Yep, that's my guess. So then we I'm just bury right the fashion police? I mean, it's well, not necessarily burying and, them. Yeah. Well, but you have to, the authors of pain have to come and fucking shit up. I mean, they have to be, they don't need to play games like that. They just come in and fuck, it's a man beast. You know what I mean? Right, it's, but it, letting the dogs but loose. the way you do it, yeah, but the way you do it is you go like zero to a hundred on the drop of a dime with all these points lead to the big reveal. It's Paul Ellering, right? So they pan up. It's Paul Ellering. Paul Ellering looks like fucking the scariest monster, like yep. evil villain he does. in a scary movie. Yep. So all you need to have him do is just look like how he does, pan up. That's the face. Zoom out. Authors of pain. Fucking murder fashion police. So then what do we do with fashion police after that? Fuck them. Who cares? Yeah, they're fun, though. So, yeah, and so was Too Cool and yeah. The Worm. True. And so, yeah. yeah, fuck off. At Fat Dude Flicks. 
Yeah, fat dude. <laughs> fat, fat dude flicks. Says Enzo moving to 205 Live was best for business, judging by the Sioux Falls pop. Hashtag tweet the table. Uh, yeah, check out this Twitter, at fat dude flicks. Uh, apparently a fat dude reviewing movies and stuff. Uh, fat like dude it. flicks uh, was in. Uh, took a break from his movie watching. He said here and uh, went to catch WWE uh, and Sioux fat Falls. Dude flicks mm-hmm. tweet the table. Let me know what's the perfect snack combination for a horror film. Mm. It's coming out on Friday. I want to see it. And hey, and so at fat to- dude flicks, you should know this because you yeah, watch so- flicks. And you say you're fat, right? So give me what I should be eating and consuming during my viewing of the new movie, It. So, and this is in theaters? It will be in theaters on Friday. So, and you'll be in the theater. Uh Are you doing one of these dinner theater? No, nope, like just a good old-fashioned, you know what I'm saying, popcorn and yep. all that kind of so stuff. You, so you check it, you get the stuff at the concession stand and go to your seat. That's not, what I'm saying. You don't have a menu, right. none no, of that no, new no, shit. Not right? fancy this time. Right. Right, yeah, you're already dating her for a while now. But I can, I can sneak <laughs> some stuff in. Now you've moved yeah. in, so you don't have to take her to the the dinner <laughs> at your seat movie. Now you just go to the regular movie. <laughs> well, we go to the regular theater, but they have the like plush seats right. and like, the recliners. So the seats are way better. Yes. That's why we choose this yes. one. But what I'm saying nice. is we can sneak some things in too. So if you got some alcohol in there that you want me to take, yeah. give it to Fat Dude. Yeah, yeah. At Fat Dude Flicks, let us know. Best snack combination for watching for a horror the movie flick. It. The movie It at Chris Mercado twenty three says, "Man, Dolph is going through a really strange gimmick crisis." Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, this is not really clicking with me. I mean, I get what he's trying to do, but I just don't feel like he's pulling it off well. Because uh, I don't think it's entertaining. I think it's just out of spite. I think it's literally just petty. Yeah, so well, that's, and, that's know, not relatable. You know, and we've talked about this. He goes, you know, so many people can do this gimmick, but. You know, nobody can do what I can do in that ring. One, the first thing that sticks out to me is, yeah, they can. There's a fuck ton of them that can. And two, like, the gimmick gets you over more, goddammit. Like, what do you not understand about that yet? How long have you been doing this? Yeah. The fucking gimmick. And you talk about people coming out doing the same old tired gimmick. You've been wearing the same shit, calling yourself the same taglines for fucking a decade, it feels like. I don't and know where he thinks all he's your another gimmick is is just a rip off of another gimmick. We talked about the, did we talk about it on the show or off air? We've been talking a lot off air today, so I don't remember, but we talked about you mentioned CM Punk and just being the guy who's like everybody's against me and nobody appreciates what I do or respects me and everybody's like no, actually, we do. We think you're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're no, going to improve no, here. No, you don't. And I'm going to prove you all wrong. And what I'm going to do I mean, is no, I'm, I'm just going to outwork everyone on my own. I mean, we've said and you're it's cool. it's going to be me. I am yeah. one versus all. No, we're not. Again. Man, we love you, man. We like you on here. I mean, we no, may have an idea where you... No, you're just saying that. Because I know when I leave this room, you guys all talk shit on me. I know, no, man. Nobody I does totally that, man. We're too it. busy over here. We've got shit going on. We just have a, this character idea that maybe you can... 
Look, Look at it. I know I'm the best to ever grace this company, and I, you know it too. And so I'm going to prove you right. What's your favorite match? My favorite match was with Melina and Alicia Fox. All right. <laughs> so, at, yeah, but that's how I feel. I mean, Dolph is really yeah. that guy. It's petty. It's just petty. Yeah. I but did. Dude, we all I like- did smile when he did the Naomi entrance. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But he would end the imitations too quickly, and then just go too hard to like the the stone face. Like it was just too, uh, you know. Like I don't know. Just it just, it right. wasn't. It wasn't mean enough and vile to get you to go. Whoa. Okay. Like well, yeah. when John Cena <laughs> yeah. made fun of Roman Reigns' promo. Right. It wasn't like that level of shoot so it wasn't eye catching in that regard yeah, and then and like, it also wasn't relatable because it was just being petty it was just yeah. you're just being a dick well and it just it felt empty too because you did three different people right i mean like if he was going after cena we were going to get a dolph ziggler cena feud which hey that you know what i mean why not why aren't we doing that now when both of these guys really don't i mean outside of right. roman reigns when that's done let's have that you you just did the, I mean I like that where you're like hey, buy this right and you throw that out but you should have went over the top with it I mean really imitate Cena you know what I mean and then build that into a feud this just felt like okay well cool now what right well, you don't Dolph like, should have yeah. imitated uh, Finn I think that would have been great right but you get what I mean like have a point to it this just felt like oh cool he thinks we like gimmicks more than right so next Thank week is he gonna do more people so, like fun fact yeah right yeah. Yeah, sorry, you can't deal with that. At Kitty first. Lady. (laughs) That sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. (laughs) She says, great, now all the ladies are going to be looking at Rain's fly open. Hashtag tweet the table. That was a good comeback that he did, that he came up with. No, it wasn't. Yeah. That was all stupid. That was all junior high jokes. Well, sure, but in the moment when he's fucking dealing with Cena. Nah, I, I thought, I thought... The second week, Cena still beat the shit out of him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I second week, it was just like that was designed to make Roman look <laughs> yeah. thoughtful and like cerebral and outthinking Cena to like make Cena question himself and his motives and stuff. And all I came away with like, yep, that guy still isn't that good. Yeah, he sucks. At Theo, so I mean, he doesn't suck, but he's not. He's Lex Luger. Yep. Yeah, at Theo75, two people on this one, at Theo75 says, oh, great. Now Big Show and Braun are both gassed in a steel cage match. Hello, 30-minute match. Hashtag truth the table, hashtag cornet face. And at Lady Undertaker says, wow, Big Show doing an elbow drop off the top rope was an incredible sight. Beautiful, loved it. Hashtag truth the table. That was fun, man. Big Show going all out, right? He knows he's got, what, a few of these left, if any, right? And he's like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, but I don't get... It just didn't make any sense that I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. One, what was the point of the match? Right? Yeah, sure. Two, didn't Big Show just get his ass kicked by Big Cass? Yeah, right. All, all that aside, storyline thing, it all falls apart. But Big Show just—I'm just focusing on Big Show's in the ring. And he's like, he's talking with Braun. And he's like, yeah, fuck it, man. Let me do a top rope elbow drop, <laughs> right? Because right. Braun yeah, like- can take that, right? Everybody else would be like. Fuck you. <laughs> no. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah, I just think funny. they should have used a different 
big guy to get that oh, over. Yeah, yeah. Cass is out for months. At Theo75, and they don't like Baron Corbin. At Theo75 says, Kinshasa! Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Shinsuke beats Blaine and boring Randy Orton. Hashtag truth the table. I just spilled my popcorn all over the floor. <laughs> I imagine him marking out so hard. <laughs> Theo That's great. Pulls a few pins out of the Randy Orton voodoo doll. In that says, I'll let you this rest. This is for me, I will Randall. let you rest. Three people on this last one. At Mr. Fourth Row says, how the hell is Owens going to fit in that referee's shirt. Hashtag tweet the table. And at Chris Mercado 23 says, well, if KO is indeed suing the McMahons, he better get a damn good lawyer and not David Otunga. Hashtag tweet the table. And at B underscore double underscore. D. Says it's hard to believe after all these years, Shane McMahon still has the worst punches in the business. Hashtag tweet the table. It still. is so god awful. <laughs> I don't get it. What, what? It's like he's trying not to hurt him. Yeah, or even look like he's actually connecting. Yeah, I don't get it. Someone needs to tell him that, right? Like, hey, man, yeah, love hey, ya. you. You're suck. pretty great at life, but man, your punches are shit. Yeah. And not the know. shit. It's shit. But we talked about this in your three Ps. This uh, storyline is still getting better. It's going back to the SmackDown doing the long play thing. Now Vince McMahon mm-hmm. is coming out, and this—I like mean, what else? I mean, Kevin Owens facing off with Vince McMahon is going to be the highlight of the week, isn't it? Should be. If they go toe to toe on the mic, oh, that's going to be if, fantastic. If Kevin Owens feels like he's allowed to take the gloves off a little bit in that, go into the—I've worked 15 years, and I'm one of the—you know what I mean? Like, oh my god. Oh, yeah. And Vince lets people do that. He encourages then, them to do Vince that. Vince takes his gloves off and is like, you fat, <sighs> out of weight, yeah. or out of shape. Yeah. Been doing this 15 years and garbage. you still look like that? Oh, my God. Yeah, have you been doing this for 15 years and no one's seen one ab? Oh, my God. Hey, remember uh, that I... one time when you and Cena went toe-to-toe and Cena took his shirt off and then you thought about taking <laughs> yeah. your shirt off and then you stopped yeah. because you realized you're Kevin Owens and he's John Cena? Yes. Oh, I love it. All right, SmackDown. That's my favorite moment in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that was a good moment. I will give you that. All right, let's move into T-Mac. That was all the Tweet the Tables. All you listeners at home can play along. Use hashtag Tweet the Table on Twitter. Any and every wrestling thought at any time. I collect them. Go back through them later. Read the best of them right here on this show. Before we get out of here, though, we're going to read some emails. We used to do an email segment. Long and back in the days, right? Well, we still do. It just rotates now. Right. And so we would normally do a third segment. We ask for emails to celebrate the greatest match of all time between... Melina and Alicia Fox. Which is undoubtable. Unquite. I mean, nobody says... We have to stop asking that in Cinco Perguntas because everybody says... Melina and Alicia Fox. I mean, it's... Every time. Every time. From Big E... To Flex Zerba. Yeah. yeah, even Flex Zerba. You can skip over when he answers that because he's just going to say... Melina and Alicia Fox. Don't Allegedly. skip over it. That's you what should, he you should, you should maybe You should maybe check out and hear how he says... Melina and Alicia Fox. So don't skip over that part in the next segment. But, because it's Flex Zerba. Who? Flex Zerba of NWL fame. This guy's great. I, I can't stress enough how fun... This interview. This is. interview is. Yep. Oh man! But before we do uh, that, let's get into the emails. Let's get back to the emails, and we kick them off 
as we always have and always will, with Katie the first. A lady. She says, Well? Well? You guys ask us to send in an email this week about only the greatest match in WWE ever. Melina and Alicia Fox. Well? What can I say? You know, words cannot express how I feel about this match. So I'll move on. How have you guys been? (laughs) (laughs) Have you guys been enjoying this thing we watch called wrestling? Myself, she said wrestling. I put in wrestling. Myself, I did love watching the Mae Young Classic. There's definitely a lot of potential future stars there. A couple of my favorites. Tony Storm. Rhea Ridley. Piper Niven, if I'm butchering these names, I'm sorry. And, of course, Kyrie Sane. I'm looking forward to the finals next week in Sin City. Miss sending you guys an email. Hopefully we'll do this again soon later. Katie, the first. Lady. Uh, How are you liking wrestling right now? I Wrestling is fine with me right now. Uh, it's good. There are some really good spots, right? We got this Kevin Owens thing. We've got Brock Lesnar and Braun Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman. Just, you know, there's some really good things that are hitting really well, and then there's some other throwaway stuff. And we're in a day and age where it's much easier to consume the parts that are good and skim through the parts that are bad. So I'm able to kind of, you know what I mean, not get too burnt out and still feel like I'm enjoying the product. You know how I feel about pro wrestling right now, specifically WWE, is it's like a really good band's double album. And that double album is too much shit. But if you pair down the double album you get really great stuff but yeah. then you also get a ton of filler and you're yeah. like so out of like 26 songs 13 of those are really goddamn great but the other 13 are just like eh. Not easy i was gonna say this out of the 26 songs 10 are pretty good okay three are really great there you go yeah and I get then the rest are skippable right yeah yeah, that's more realistic. I like that. Yeah. And it's more yeah. detailed than mine was. Yeah. Right. And so you that's how I feel there. with pro wrestling. Better than right I now. am. It's just, it's so much. It's so daunting to look at from just, uh, if you just put the numbers in perspective of how much pro wrestling WWE just puts out in a week, it's mind boggling. And so you're like, well, there's just, oh. I'm I'm exhausted, and so then you're like, but that one cool thing, I'll listen to that again, as if it was a song, right? But it's just, yeah, it's so much. Everything gets forgotten. Remember when Braun Strowman got murdered, and then he just got up and walked away? Yeah, yeah. We don't have to talk about that anymore. Yeah, That's we don't. literally an afterthought. It's, I forgot about it, so you said it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Katie, the first lady. At Mr. Fourth Row, well, it's not at Mr. Fourth Row in the emails, it's just Mr. Fourth Row, says, yep, it's a go for an email from Mr. Fourth Row this week. So the news broke out that with Christmas landing on a Monday this year, that the WWE has decided to have a live Monday Night Raw. Is this a good idea? Nope. Will this bring morale down? Probably. Wouldn't they be better off recording matches ahead of time with segments to make a decent show since numbers may not be high anyway with it landing on a holiday? That would make sense. Well, that's my view this week. Not from the cheap seats, not from the most expensive seats, but from the fourth row. Mr. Fourth Row. Uh, Mr. Fourth Row apparently got too choked up to talk about the greatest match of all time between... Melina and Alicia Fox. Because he didn't even mention it. 
it just must bring a tear to his eye to think about it. Well, it's like uh, it, it's it's almost blasphemous mm. to to mention it. Yeah, because you, of how holy that match yeah, is. You can only consume it in complete silence and never to speak of it again. It's like Fight Club. Yeah. Right? You're not worthy if you're talking over it because that means you're not listening. Right? I'm, I'm experiencing it right now. Just right. give me a moment. Right. God. I mean, it, it speaks for itself. It's the greatest match of all time. Melina and Alicia Fox. Uh, no, and we talked about this earlier, the uh, Christmas, New Year's thing. Yeah, I, I don't see positive benefits from this. I don't, it doesn't make sense. Money. Uh, people will buy tickets to go to that show. Yeah, I bet you the advertising is higher when they can say it's live on the TV, right? Mm. If they say it's pre-taped, I bet you the advertising dollar revenue that comes per ad instantly drops. Right? It's live TV. Yep. All right, final one at Chris. Mer- I just keep saying at. It's Chris Mercado. I like that fucking guy. It says, "Hey there, Captain and T Mac. It's been a while since I've spoken to you via email, but as per usual, I hope you fellas had a very great week." Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Oh my, how time flies! I can't believe it's already been seven whole years, but since the greatest match of all time between Melina and Alicia Fox occurred. No, not The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. That match was nothing compared to the iconic showdown between two bona fide Hall of Famers. I'm talking about... Melina and Alicia Fox. I mean, I'll never forget where I was when that match happened, and I never will. I believe I was in the shower. Happy seven years, fellas. Cheers. Until next time, adios, Chris Mercado. What were you doing in the shower? Yeah, were you, wait, were you watching the greatest match of all time? Melina and Alicia Fox. While in the shower. Whilst in the shower. I, I don't know if that's blasphemous or just almost Pope-like. I mean, that is, I'd like to hear what that experience was like. I mean, I, we thought it was enchanting just watching it normally. But from the shower? Incredible. The cleansing of the soul from seeing the match combined with the cleansing of the body from the shower? I mean, that's a complete cleanse. That's breathtaking. I, it's, I don't. I don't know how you can do anything but just swell with pride, knowing that you from the shower watched the greatest match of all time. Melina and Alicia Fox. Chris Mercado. Some would call it touching. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it fills me with hope that those kind of experiences can be felt by friends of ours. You know what I mean? Did a wave of joy come all over you for for a moment? I, I didn't realize that all of life is pain <laughs> for just a moment, right? For just a brief moment, the darkness had not consumed me. But anyway, back to wrestling. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was the emails. Uh, we haven't done that in a while. That's fun, huh? We've got to take a break because we're going to come back and we're going to talk to Flex Zerba. Wait, what is that? T-Mac, what is that? Oh, that's old forehead. That's forehead. That. Yeah, you don't miss that little fleeting fox. Foxy forehead. All right, we're going to come back, and we're going to have a party of our own with Flex Zerba when we return to the Spanish Announce Table, which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. And During the 1998 NBA Finals, Dennis Rodman skipped practice to appear on WCW Nitro. TrainingTopicsNetwork.com. Network.com.
Wake up, T-Mac. I'm always up. You're always up? I'm always grinding. I keep my keep my nose to the grindstone. I got them blinders on. I'm chopping wood every day. You know? Just, cliches. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> hey, we've been talking about this all episode, and I'm super excited to have this guy on. Uh, we've encouraged a lot of our listeners to check out NWL. It's online. You can catch it all. They've got it on YouTube, nwleague.com. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of fun stuff. And we mentioned a few names when we do that. And we've had some of them on, and some of them just now. We're starting to get around to getting some more on. But this guy here is one of the funnest characters in the entire in the entire NWL. And he also wrestles outside of NWL, and we'll get into more of that. But And he's the strongest guy on the NWL roster. He's so strong yes. that he eats a steak with a spoon. Mm-hmm. He'd be flexing all these bitches. Mm-hmm. He is a funky swole Medina, right? The doctor of swolenomics. Uh, what else we got? Let's Two... talk about Flex, baby. Right? We got Flex Let's Zerba. Talk what about is going you on? And me. <laughs> what Flex. is up, guys? Oh man, I, I'm so glad you're here uh, because we like to have fun and we like to kick back and and shoot the shit. And uh, we've gotten the feeling uh, from the limited times we've got to talk to you uh, that you're one of those guys as well. So we're glad to have you here. Well, there's probably a reason that NWL only has me around for a limited time to corrupt the uh, young the young students of the game, but hey, Flex Zerba on your radio show, it's like a sore Peter. You can't beat it. <laughs> right. I mean, I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. Yeah, I'll you still go after it. It ain't going to work. It, yeah. it, you can't beat it. So, I mean, it's, what's yeah. going on, guys? Not much, man. We're just sitting here uh, in, enjoying uh, our table show studios here, but we want to talk about you, man. Let's what who is I, I couldn't think of a better topic than that. So let's start with that. It's Flex Zerba. Who is explain the Flex Zerba character to kind of intro us in a little bit to who that is. Uh Flex Zerba is uh, Flex Zerba is a guy that has been wrestling way too long. It started in uh, 2001 actually. Okay. Um and uh out of Joplin, Missouri. And the story of Flex is simple. Uh started out as a is a guy named Michael Berry who got into professional wrestling. Um, and at the time, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if I would have gone the MMA route, but MMA wasn't really a thing in 2001, trying to, mm-hmm. trying to find um, a school or something like that to do. Um, so I found a couple of local guys who trained me just enough to, for me to get hurt essentially. And uh, <laughs> think I know everything. And then, uh-huh. um, on an off chance, I, I met up with a guy who his his name rhymes with Biles Ronke out of St. Joe, and mm-hmm. started training with him, and just kind of um, kind of a you know just kind of bounced around a little bit. Trained trained with Sonny Myers up in St. Joe, Missouri. Um, did a lot of Harley camps, did some Tom Pritchard camps, and just kind of learned by hitting the road. And the thing um, that essentially the best advice I got starting out was something Tom Pritchard told me he was just like, take as many bookings and shows as you can. And so I did, I mean, I would, I drove to Colorado for 20 bucks type of deal. I'd drive to Mm -hmm. Texas and just take as many bookings as I can, um, starting on fast forward. Um, you know, now I won't leave the house for under, you know, (laughs) certain amount of money, but you know, it was, it was a great learning experience. And, and over the last God, you know, almost, 15 years over 15 years I've, I've i've made some some great great friends some few enemies and uh it became super swole super well, swole. let's 
let's talk about that that driving to Colorado for twenty bucks kind of mentality. What were you doing yeah. day in day out, you know, to to get those bookings and to make those sacrifices? Were you uh, only banking on pro wrestling bookings? Did you have a full time job? What did it look like for you um, I, when you, you were know, trying I, to establish I actually your worked name? at I had a nine to five with a newspaper, and um, and newspaper? so basically. What's that? It was part. It was part time while going to college, um, and so essentially, I would take out student loans like any good person does uh-huh. that is paying on them today, mm-hmm. and live on that and work a part time. and And so I would leave out on a Friday and try try and get a booking Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I would show up Monday morning just beat to hell. There were many times I just it was like Fight Club. I would walk into the, my office and go to my cubicle, and I'd have sunglasses on, and you know the, all the old people would you know kind of peek around, look at me, and then I'd just pull down the sunglasses, show like a black eye or something like that. And they'd just go, oh, okay, and, you know, carry on. You know, it was one of those deals, like, they just, they they got to know me, got to know me and know what I did, just right. I wasn't showing up hungover. It was all they cared about. So, um, you know, basically I just, I, I used student loans and, and part-time jobs working at newspapers to try and get my foot in the door. And, you know what, the funny thing is, all these years later, I dare say that I've got more of an education about life and how to conduct myself in business from professional wrestling than I ever got from a four-year degree at a university. Uh, it's certainly uh, believable. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Right. So how many times right. did you show up to work? You got your work clothes on. You still got your tights on underneath because you didn't have time. to. You were driving back from Colorado. Yeah, exactly. Whatnot, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, a few times, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. You, you, you know what? Yeah, you just you just uh, you just hope for the best. You would you'd book yourself like in you know Wichita Falls, Texas, or something, which was six yeah. hours, and you know you, you would have a Sunday night show, and of course you'd go out with the boys and party, and you know get get in trouble and leave there at one and get get in at seven a.m. and just take a horse bath and and hope that the booze didn't come through your pores, which it did a couple times. <laughs> yeah. We had a couple yeah. of supervisor talks about that, but you know that was that was the life. That was that was the twenties. At my in my thirties, can't imagine it. It would kill me if I did uh, that sure. one weekend. It would kill me. But this uh, was something every weekend. You know, fifty two weeks a year, every weekend, and loving it. And and you know, it's it's. I wouldn't change a thing. I know Wichita Falls well enough to know that there ain't much to do there but find trouble. So uh, no, yeah. there. You know, in fact, the strip clubs down there. They actually, um, when you buy a lap dance, you have you have to go outside into like a a shed, which you would. <laughs> park a lawnmower in and then the girl would bring out a boom box and she would put her <laughs> cigarette out and and put a cd in and and and, and entertain you so and, true and, true story uh, of, of yeah Wichita falls in lawton oklahoma I've, uh, I've seen it yeah which hold on ball, was yeah. it hold on was it the stripper like is it that kind of a strip club <laughs> where it's just yeah, the stripper making yeah, the rounds yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those that you have to go i have to experience this one time in my life to even like <laughs> say I, I so i can go home and tell my friends that i've experienced the you know what you know you know saturday night or whatever you know you think you would bring your your a club and instead you get like your c minus your tuesday yeah. morning type type deal but you know middle of oklahoma you know what are you going to do i remember one time taking bookings and finding out a strip club opened at like two o'clock and so we went in there and had the like the world's best chicken wings somewhere in Oklahoma City, so like uh-huh. South Oklahoma City, had the best chicken wings ever in my entire life at a strip club watching an OU game. I mean, like like that's stuff you can't you can't write. 
Yeah, no, certainly not. Although I think you should work one time at least as a gimmick of the Wichita Falls stripper. I think you've got to. I, I I think so. Come out in the Borat outfit. Right. Yeah. So what? So what drove you into the lifestyle to begin with? I mean, were you a fan growing up, and you just said, "That's it. I, uh, I've got to put on the tights." Yeah. Honestly, I just never grew up. I mean, it's the story of a kid that just saw professional wrestling on when he was little. Yeah, I remember. I remember the exact segment. It was a um, Undertaker. Um, putting Warrior in the casket and locking him in. And I remember just seeing mm-hmm. this, these larger-than-life creatures on TV, and this wasn't a cartoon. This yeah. wasn't animation. This was this was real. These real were dudes. real people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, He-Man was real in the form of the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. Um, and so I, I was hooked. I mean, I was just automatically hooked. And I just watched and watched and watched. And, um, you know, I was a fan all through school. Um and I was lucky because I grew up in the Attitude Era, so I was getting detentions for telling teachers to suck it, yes. and, you know, yes. that, that, that and the other, giving them the finger like like Steve Austin, and he, which you know another chapter of my life would be I would be on the first season of the Broken Skull Challenge, which is another story for another whatever. But I would never if I could go if I could go back essentially and tell myself at 16 or 18 what I would experience and who I would meet from yeah. watching the Monday Night Wars. I, I don't even know that I would believe it. I think I would call myself a douchebag and kick myself in the in the dick and say, <laughs> right. you know, get away from me. One question I've got for you is, you know, we've talked to you behind the scenes at NWL. We've seen you obviously perform uh, in the ring. You, you have a great personality and, you know, you're very personable, but what would you say is like the most important thing for the new wrestler to get all of these bookings? Because we've had wrestlers on before and they're like, oh, we just get bookings. But to me, kind of yeah. being an outsider, I just like, how do you like, I don't know anyone. I don't know my ass for my elbow and I don't know anyone. <laughs> so how do I get bookings? Right. So like, uh, well, well, what would you say just, to those it's people? It's just not being a dick and not being a douchebag. Essentially, is is your best is your first, and then treat it like a job interview. I mean, how would you pursue a job? You right. would have a resume. What, what do you do in wrestling? You get a resume. You get tape. You get you know, you get references. And same type of deal. It's not rocket science as far as as getting booked, but it is in this day and age when there's so many idiots out there. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's right. it's just. Um, you know, it, it, it seems like the the field of, of wrestling is getting worse and worse and worse, and that's why I kind of admire NWLs because they can pick and choose the the kids with the straight heads on them that'll actually make something of themselves and not um, you know destroy the business worse than it already is. Yeah, they've certainly got a uh, an option to kind of pass on somebody. They're not just hoping to book anybody that they can get their hands on. So that does have yeah, absolutely. You're not looking for warm bodies to fill an eight match card you've actually got you've got some roster depth that you can you can you can draw from which is, is great in this day and age that. well we're kind of bouncing around here as far as your career goes and one thing i definitely wanted to ask you before uh you know we go any farther is i saw i think it was probably three weeks ago you were in the mm-hmm. ring in a wrestling match with Jerry the King Lawler. And so you, you already spoke yeah. about growing up in the Attitude Era. What was it like not only just meeting Jerry the King Lawler, but then wrestling him? Um, hey, you know what? I'm, there's no way to, to say this without sounding like a, 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 a douchebag, but yeah, I've, I've, I've known Jerry a while. I've wrestled mm-hmm. him, you know, three or four times. First time I wrestled him was, you know, uh, probably six years ago in a little town, Harrison, Arkansas, the, the uh, leader of the Ku Klux Klan lives there, you know, of all Jesus. of all things. 
And um, which, by the way, Harrison, Arkansas, lovely town. If anybody's listening there, um, (laughs) which Reed surprisingly is the most over person I've ever seen in the most racist town ever, which is (laughs) another story again for another day. But um, Jerry's great. Jerry, Jerry's one of those guys that, um, you know, you can go to. He's never he's never touched a a sip of alcohol, never touched a drug in his life. Mm -hmm. He has priorities straight. But you can go to Hooters and you can have a good time with Jerry Lawler. Oh, yeah. Just say that because he can, you know, he, he he's a he, at sixty years old. He's a ladies' magnet and he just he just has fun. And he's but if you want to hang with Jerry, you better not ask him a bunch of wrestling questions because he's not interested in in bringing work with him. He wants to have fun. He wants to talk about Superman and the Cleveland Browns and things like that. And these are all things that I've I've learned. And so every time I see him, we have great conversations because I know the where and the what and how to conduct myself around him. And, you know, in fact, I'll see Jerry in two weeks, uh, September 16th. We're doing another show in Hot Springs, Arkansas with him and Chavo Guerrero. Uh, Chavo is another great guy that I've, I was able to work with through my connections when I was working uh, with a company called Traditional Championship Wrestling that I worked with five years that had, they had TV exposure. So um, everything's kind of cyclical. Yeah, I was lucky enough to get in on that and um, it prepared me for a lot of lessons that um, I was able to to bring to NWL that you you guys get to see and enjoy. That's great. Well, it, was it an awestrucking awestruck moment when you met him, <laughs> or you know, you y- you name dropped there Chavo Guerrero, which is another yeah. big time guy during that Attitude Era. They always say the Attitude Era, and people think uh, WWF, right. but WCW, like that was also the Attitude oh, Era, yeah. at least in my opinion. And Chavo was right there as well. So, like, right. Who are some of those guys that you go like, holy shit, I'm talking and about to wrestle, um, you know, fill in the blank? Uh, you know what? I've had I've had some really surreal moments. Last year I wrestled in Tunica, Mississippi at a show. And I, th- I believe Ace Still was on that show as well, who's now a roster member of NWL. And uh, for whatever reason, I got stuck babysitting Kevin Nash. Oh. And, <laughs> and so we stay up. He has to be at the airport like 5 a.m. We stay up till 3 a.m. drinking wine. Right. Because he drinks wine now, of course, because he's Kevin Nash. Why wouldn't he be? Right. And it's one of those surreal moments where you're like, ah, I'm I'm drinking wine with Big Sexy. We're eating sushi. Like, and, and so then I have to take him to the airport. And if you guys know anything about Memphis, the airport's on the south side. Well, right next to the airport is essentially Graceland. Mm-hmm. So it's 6 in the morning. I'm driving in an Escalade. That's not even mine. We're listening to rap music. I've got Kevin Nash in the passenger seat, and the sunrise is coming up over Graceland. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that was a F, F-bomb moment where I was like, oh, like, man. Like, if I could go back and tell myself, the, you know, the kid watching the Wolf Pack back when he's 17, 16, 17 about that. That's, that's, been, that's been one that's um, – you know, a lot of time it a lot of time it happens later. Like, um, you know, we've a lot of guys like myself have done extra work for WWE or TNA. You know, I've, I've worked for both, and it doesn't sink in until later. Or it's really random stuff that I'll pop on, like meeting Brooklyn Brawler. Like I'll I'll be like, oh my god, it's Brooklyn. Bra-. You know, like something right. weird like that. Or I'll walk by. Um, the wardrobe case at WWE and I'll see the undertaker's jacket. I mean, it's just, it's weird stuff to me that, that pops me. uh, And, you know, most of the time I've met enough stars to know how to conduct myself and, and try and essentially pick their brain, which most of them are great. Most of them are just 
most of them, you know, you would think that you would have guys lined up in the locker room to pick their brains, but that's not really the case because most of the guys nowadays think that they know it all. So um, it's it's really nice. I still ask questions of guys. I, I mean, I still ask Lawler. He's not gonna tell me anything because you know he keeps it to himself. But right. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, he's not going to share that. He's not going to share industry knowledge with anybody, even me. But, um, you know, I'm, I try and make a point of trying to engage with all of them and pick pick up something and, and learn something and, and learn how to make the business better, essentially. Okay, so you said, you know, we said this already. We've been bouncing back and forth a little bit, so I'm going to... Oh, no, that's okay. You, hey, I trust that you guys can edit whatever oh, I'm yeah. ever on about. Oh, no, by all means, we're just going to roll it anyway. <laughs> we're, we're never... Yeah. We don't know what we're doing half the time. Yeah, so I... Uh, Good. So right, but what I'm going to do... Neither do I, so that makes both of us. <laughs> right. So what I'm going to do is zoom out and then zoom back in. Uh, we've talked about, you know, some of the stuff you've been seeing as your travels have taken you across the country. Right. But starting out, yeah. let's go back to that. What was the first match? How did you find out? Obviously, you're probably training very early on. Somebody says, all right, right. we're going to put you out there in front of people. What was going on there? Who were you wrestling? What was your gimmick? How did that go out? Uh, okay, well, I, I discovered some guys in Joplin, Missouri, where I was attending Missouri Southern State University. Yeah. In, in the old uh, – Yahoo chat. I think it was Yahoo chat room. <laughs> they would have different yeah. chat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. dating myself now. Uh-huh. Like, it, like chat rooms were the thing. I remember. And yeah. so, um, these guys had, had apparently gone to wrestling school for like six, eight weeks down in Oklahoma. Okay. And I was like, okay, foot in the door. So I met them at a Taco Bell <laughs> at night. Yeah. 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 At 18 years old, I was like, what am I doing with my life here? <laughs> um, and they said, okay, well, we're getting ready to start a promotion. Well, you know, yeah. you know how that goes. It yeah. was, there was a bunch of guys who bought a ring and thought they knew how to train. And I was kind of half-assed trained. But if you asked me at the time, I would, I, I thought I knew, I thought I was Luthes. Right. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> this goes on for probably, oh, this was, was May, 2001, um, into the summer. They bring down. Again, I'm not going to name his name, but you guys can figure it out. He, he rhymes with uh, Biles Ronke um, mm-hmm. at the time from St. Joe, Missouri. Right. And this guy, this this guy's so much better than me. Like he's like, you know, he's like Rob Van Dam Jr. I'm like, what is this? So immediately I'm like, you know, I try not to. He, he says I was a pretentious a hole at the time, and <laughs> I'm like, well, I thought you were too, but you know, obviously I liked you. And I just I gravitated towards him, and he was training in St. Joe, Missouri, with um, Lord Littlebrook and, and Sonny Myers. Yeah. So immediately, immediately, I have to just attach my my wagon to them. Yes. <laughs> so decision. at the same time, I start just kind of branching out and run doing doing some shows in Oklahoma on Indian Reservation. Well, all that Matt Murphy and uh, a couple of WLW guys at the time come down and i just i'm like okay how do i get there so i i do some show you know not do some shows but i do some training with harley off and on there and between that and saint joe and then taking pritchard camps and any kind of camp that i could find anywhere um that leads me to september of september october 2001 i had my first match in a promotion, uh, WCCW in Fayetteville, Arkansas, in front of like 
25 people. Uh-huh. But if you would have asked me at the time, that was my WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, it it was so bad. Everybody everybody in the you know knew it was my first match that night, and they go, "Hey kid, you nervous?" No, man, I'm cool. You know, mm-hmm. you never sell it. Never sure. sell it. Sure. And uh, are you sure? No, I'm. I got this. I've been training my whole life for this. Uh-huh. So I I get through the match, decent match. You know, for first match, it was okay. I get to I get back through the curtain, and because of all my nerves, I break out in the world's worst case of hives. Oh, oh, so, Jesus. Yeah, so everybody's like, uh, you all right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, just, uh, yeah, just uh, reaction from the baby oil. Trying to, like, right, off, like yeah. everybody's like, yeah. It's not her so I set on my, yeah, I had set on my nerve. Yeah, I had, <laughs> that would come much, much later, <laughs> right. like 10 minutes later. <laughs> right, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I had set on my nerves for so long all day that it finally had just kind of manifested itself into into hives and so from there it was off and running and we were we were going down to this place in Fayetteville every Sunday we we ended up running a show in my hometown at the Memorial Hall you know like six months into into me wrestling which I had always said if I could wrestle at this place if I could pick one place in the entire world this is my Tokyo Dome I could I, I would retire well I'm I'm semi-main six months in right like well shit what do I do now? So, you know, I just kind of kept, I kept, kind of kept going, just kind of um, expanded and just, you know, worked, worked everywhere that would book me. One guy that you mentioned in, in, in that uh, lead up to your first match was Harley race. And, you know, yeah. being from the Kansas city area, he's a legend. And obviously you know that as well. Mm-hmm. So what was it like right. to train and, and have Harley race, you know, running the practices or giving you advice? What was that time like for you? Um, you know, from all the, all the training stuff I've, I've done with him and stuff like that. First time I met him, I was like, you know, you're like, Oh my God, it's, it's hard it's hardly race like you know like oh you know of course you're trying to no sell it whatever and you know he's just like smoking a cigarette and he's like kid you want to be a wrestler yes sir please where do i (laughs) where do i sign my life away Uh you know so it was kind of a balancing act because i was still in college and you know you know it was like a three-hour drive every every day so I would I would get up there with Matt when I could on weekends or or whatever, or he would take me out on bookings in Oklahoma when he was down. I'd kind of drive those guys around, and uh, you know, it's just it's just one of those deals where it was like the first time you realize you're like, I'm in over my head when I'm working out with these WLW guys. Like I thought I knew everything. I don't know anything about anything at this point. So that was the point I was like, I never want to experience that ever again. So that's where I tried to pick up as many bookings as I could. I walked, watched as many documentaries as I could. I picked up any books, you know, um, I don't even know if Hastings is still a thing, but I would go into Hastings <laughs> and read wrestling biographies for hours. And then he was like, you know, my girlfriend at the time hated me, uh-huh. you know, me, you know, <laughs> you know, I've lost so many relationships because I gave more love to wrestling than I did, oh, you I know, imagine. another person. But, um, you know, it made me to where I, it made me understand that the more I thought I knew about wrestling, the less I will always know about it. Right. Well, next time we're not recording our conversation, I'll tell you why I'm not allowed in Hastings at all if they do still exist. So, uh, <laughs> that would be that would be the extensive pornography collection. <laughs> right. So, we will transition into this next series of questions that we've got whenever we have a guest on for the first time. We always ask them the yeah. same series of five questions, right? Just to get a good, you know, cross-section view of the industry. Now, we're going to have some follow-ups and eight, we're going to Eight and a half inches. 
Yes, that's one of them. You know how big Batista's dick oh, okay. is? All right, so. <laughs> so around. All right. Half inches around. Around. Wow, that's intense. No, uh, so we're going to have some follow-ups. It's going gonna, it's gonna to wind up feeling like 15 questions, but we call it. Oh, fun. God. <laughs> but we call it. Okay. I'm uh, going to need Roscoe to send me some more flying monkey down here then. Yes, actually. He could send a, you know, over to us, too, if he's listening. No, but instead of just a boring old five questions, we call it. Cinco preguntas. All right. Entirely in Spanish. Are you ready? Okay. Or, or bueno. Yeah. Or right. Beans and disease to you. You already, you already, you're already speaking more than we know. All right. So this first right. one is... Uh, I'll just come out with it. Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Uh, of all time. It's mm-hmm. got to be a tie between three-way tie, Flair, uh, Hogan, Shawn Michaels. Nice. I, f- I feel like you got yeah. our three favorites as well. I yeah. Mean, just, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just growing up, you know, just growing up in that era, just, you know, like, uh, you know, growing up with Hogan and then the, the Monday Night Wars, like, I just can't imagine my life without any of those guys. Yeah, I feel like they've shaped uh, my personality in many ways. Unfortunately, for the good and bad. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Would you say that uh, of the three, which one influences your style the most? Oh, man. Hogan. Unfortunately, Hogan, now that the older. When I was young, it was Sean all the way. It was like, break your back. Mm. Uh you know, like I, you know, moon moon salts off. Can you imagine Flex Zerba trying to moon salt now? It was humorous, but you know, it didn't matter. Like back body drop through tables, whatever for in front of fifteen people. I didn't care. I was gonna be that guy. And I remember the old timers going, "Kid, you gotta slow down." I was like, "Screw you! You're lazy and old and blah 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 blah." And now I'm like Hogan all the way, man. Just work, work, work. Because because at the end of the day, like. I can go to NWL and and the twins can backflip way better than I can. Though hmm. you know you you've got all these guys with all their special niche stuff. What's uh, you know I can either do attempt that and be really badly at it, or I can <laughs> right. do my own thing, my flex thing, and and get over way bigger and way better than that. So, you know what? I, I think I'll be Hogan and be smart for a little bit. It's where I'm at now. Well, you can definitely flip better than uh, than one of the Regal twins right now. That's a different I don't know, man. Even on one leg, I think the kid could probably get a gainer a little bit better than I could. He so probably I'm just could. Gonna, I'm going to sit back and enjoy, their, enjoy it, brother. <laughs> All right, let's get right into the second question, and it's twofold because you are currently a pro wrestler. So it is, what is your favorite match of all time? And then what is your favorite match that you have been in? Ooh, 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 ooh. Favorite match of all time. Oh, my gosh. Probably Iron Man. Oh, yeah. I remember just watching that over and over again just the the story of Sean and Brett over and over again just you know just picking up all the little nuances in an hour just trying to pick pick it apart and just having my mind blown how you could do something for an hour um favorite I can't match, do anything for an hour nothing Not nothing I can't even do stuff for 2 minutes right. if I'm the only one in the room right um <laughs> yeah favorite favorite match gosh 
probably no uh, probably my favorite match would be when I was able to win the title in Fort Smith, Arkansas for traditional championship wrestling against my cousin Alan Steele out of Memphis. Nice. Um and then Ken Resnick, old AWA announcer cutting the, the post match promo in in uh in the ring with me just with the title over my belt in front of, you know, thousands of people in the Fort Smith Event Center. Just kinda it's kinda one of those just like, oh man, it's not gonna get any bigger than this. Right. Um runner up would be Anything with anything with some of the old timers getting a chance to work with Lawler or, or Bill Dundee or um, you know I've worked Bob Orton several times and it's always it's always great working with him. Um, the, the time I convinced him to try and RKO me was pretty classic, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he went for it. He went for it. He, nice. he's, he's total total pro. He's a total pro as long as stuff makes sense for him and you, right. you know you're not trying to bury him. Um, wrestled hacksaw Jim Duggan. He's Man, he's he um, he. I've got a funny story about him about um, screwing the guy out of the pen. Okay. Um, go ahead. I'll have to tell you yeah, guys. go ahead. Uh, uh, okay, so we're wrestling. My cousin and I, Alan, are wrestling him and a guy named Americos. Mm-hmm. And so, Americos is the young kid who's we're, who's the company's trying to get over. Great. Okay. Okay. So he needs to take the heat because Hacksaw ain't doing nothing for nobody. Um, he ain't leaving the ground. He ain't doing much of anything. Right. But he, um, he's, he's, you know, the kid needs to take the heat. We're in there beating him up, blah, blah, blah. Kid, kid needs to make hit, hit his, you know, top rope move or whatever, make the pin. So hot tag on Duggan. Duggan comes in, clears house. Bing, bang, boom. Hits the three point stance on me, and next thing I know, I'm I, like I'm trying to get set for this swanton move, and next thing I know, Jim Duggan's on top of me, and the kid's <laughs> on the top rope, and I can see this out of my view, and I'm like, what is going on? And Duggan looks up at the guy kid and goes, "Sorry, kid, maybe next time." And he takes the pin on me, and out of the corner of my eye, I can see the kid drops down, and he just kind of like slumps down in the corner, like, "Oh man!" So we called up the the one of the Arkansas screw job on that, but that's, I mean, <laughs> funny stories are like, I mean, I've got a million stories like that that are just classic fun interactions with some of those guys. Well, quick side note, before we get uh, back into Cinco Preguntas, you, you have so many of these one-liners and so does Jerry, the King Lawler. Uh, what is a conversation with you two? Like, is it just constant <laughs> zingers the entire time? Um, yeah, it's a lot of sarcasm. It really is a lot. Of, it's a lot of sarcasm and a lot of um, um, checking out women. The, the actually the first, you know, the funny story. Side note: um, my wife, who hates wrestling, first of all, has always hated wrestling. Uh-huh. I take her to one of these shows, very like our very first date, and because she, she wants to see what it's about, she wants to, okay. to fill me out. So she's just sitting there, second row like just mortified at the people that come to wrestling events. Yeah. I'm wrestling a lawler that night for the first time. We go to lock up. We're, we're tussling around. He leaves and he goes, Hey, look at that blonde with the huge tits in the second row. <laughs> I go, Hey, Jerry, she, she's with me. He goes, he stops. He like breaks. He goes, really? I was like, yeah. And then we go back to the lockup. So that's, that's been a kind of a, a, a funny joke between my wife and I. And, and in fact, when she goes down to, um, 
see him again here on the 16th, we're going to probably give him a hard time about it. Of course, you have to. That's super fun. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so. But uh, Jerry's great. You know, Jerry's one of those that just, you don't have to think real hard when it comes to a conversation with him because he's, he's, he's rolling and you just kind of go with it. Just jump in when you can, right? Yeah, exactly. So, okay, so back into the Cinco Preguntas, this third one, and uh, you've listed so many people you've encountered, but who would you say is the biggest influence in your career? Biggest influence in my career? Oh, my God. Um, biggest influence in my career? I've had so many. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to say myself. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna take the easy out okay, and say myself. Right. Yeah, um, don't want to sell anyone now. You know, yeah, you know, no, no one else has, no one else has traveled, traveled the roads and had the lost relationships and lost the money and and you know, had successes and had a lot of losses and had the bar fights and bars with with guys thinking wanting to try out. But yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say me. I'm gonna go with me on that one. Always always bet on yourself, kid. We have never had somebody answer themselves on that one. I like That's that. Great. That's great. great. That's bold. Yeah. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah, yeah. All right, you know what? No, next... no, everyone else can can have their motivations and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, man, you're the one putting your nuts out there. Like sure. you, you, you gotta, you gotta own them. I know that. Put mine yeah, out put... all the time. All everywhere yeah. I go. I put my balls out every single day. That's probably why you can't get into Hastings these days. That's That's probably why Hastings went out of business. You're putting your balls back in all the the stores. I'm not going to answer that question. No comment. (laughs) No comment. I can neither confirm nor deny reports of my balls out in the lingerie or the whatever section, the the self-help book section. Right, yeah. But I said lingerie, but I, I think that's another story. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that Hastings had lingerie in there, or maybe that's why I'm not allowed in there. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Fourth question here. What is your All favorite right. pro wrestling term? And uh, this is as far as like skin the cat, baby face, heel, uh, things like that. What's your favorite pro wrestling term? Um, either Iggy or Shakespeare. Just because they were, they were ones that I I thought I knew a lot about, and then I go I would go stay at a buddy's house who worked for TNA at the time, and get to, get to experience some of the the Memphis style, the Tennessee style stuff, and you just didn't say Iggy in Oklahoma, and then um, you know another Shakespeare is one that they just. I, I happened to hear probably five years ago from Carlito where he's just like walking, you know, walk and talk in the ring Shakespeare. And I was like, I've never heard that. That's I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to steal that. So, yeah, I think you know, you might... even though it's been around for years, I, I had just never heard it. Well, I think you're going to have to smarten us up because I don't think we've heard either of those terms ever. Yeah. Never heard it. Really? Okay. Well, maybe it's not just me. Um, Iggy would be like, um, you know, Iggy's one of those terms that you can use for so many things like, um, um, a reversal, give me the Iggy, or um, drop, uh, drop down. Like say I've got Roscoe on that, and I'll say I'll give you the Iggy. That means give you a cue, or um, you know, right? I you're, gotcha. you're at a bar and a girl's giving you the want to bang eyes. She's like, yeah, she's giving you the Iggy type, gotcha. of, type of deal. So I mean, it's you can kind of use it for a lot of things. And Shakespeare is essentially just go in there and just walk and talk, have fun. Gotcha. In the ring, so. Yeah, fun. so I, I thought those were like okay. Well, I can. I've I've never heard those before. I'll I'm gonna start. I, I I'm smartening everybody up. Right. 
There it is. Hey, real quick, as a veteran, because I know things have changed, you know, over time. Is there? Mm-hmm. Do you ever get confused on terms? I feel like I would. I'm so like bottom basement intelligent that if someone said, "Oh, she's giving you the Iggy," I'm like, "She wants a reversal? What the hell is why? <laughs> why in a bar does she want a reversal? Like, do you ever get confused uh, on these terms? No, because um, no, because I learned real quick that like. It's it's such a living language. I mean, it it lives, it breathes, it changes. Mm-hmm. It's 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 something that you've got to kind of like. You, you, I I learned that there was no real rigid meaning for this, and this goes back to. Um, and it, you know, I hate to sound like I'm name dropping everything, but um, uh, one of the first big names that I was able to to hang out with in Oklahoma, you know, like 2002 or so, was Chris Candido. Mm. I remember us going out to um, the TGI Friday, TGI Fridays at the time, and he, he had his gear on, his boots on. He just wrapped a towel around himself and put a t-shirt on, a sunny t-shirt <laughs> of all things. And, um, and we go to TGI Fridays, and he's just kind of every other term he, he's using wrestling, um, you know, he, like in everyday conversation. And you know, it's like, oh, the waitress got me heat. You see that? You know, like just it, everything. And at that point, I was like, oh, okay, like. This this is a thing like right. this like this this translates over like he's like look at those J bros over at the bar you know this, this it, it can apply to anything so at that time you're like oh okay well I, I guess you know it's it's not necessarily a strict definition but maybe connotation would probably be your your best friend when it comes to that that makes sense all right man yeah. so this this final pregunta here is. This is okay. the fun one, right? We're better, gonna... better be good. Last one. Oh, this is well. We're, we're going. For, in the it, words of Flex, we're going for the PR on the last one. Got to right. be good. Got to be big. Got to be heavy. Well, this is all on you then, because this is more of a hypothetical situation yep. than a question. We're going to okay. pretend that the three of us, you, me, and T Mac, we're booking the next big feud for you, right? And I'm talking top level mania type program here, right? We're booking your okay. next big program all the way to the top. But it's against T Mac. I need you to give me the okay. storyline. You, you need to give me the storyline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So me and T Mac start off. And how do you play into this? Uh. Well, I mean, you, however you so yeah, feel. Yeah. It, yeah. However you okay, want. But 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 the story is me and T Mac, right? Right. Yeah. The feud is, is you and T Mac. Right? Yep. Okay. Well, here's the deal. Me and T Mac are tag team partners. Okay. And we're best friends Aww. forever. Yeah. That's until nice. T Mac starts dating this this scrupulous Marlena type character mm-hmm. who wants mm-hmm. to divide us apart. Mm. So one night T Mac T Mac's injured or something. He's hung over or something, he's not there. Yeah. This character lures me back to her hotel or back to T Mac's house because he's not there. Ooh. And uh, T, let's let's say things get a little frisky, mm-hmm. but it's post. <laughs> okay, here's where it gets twisted. <laughs> it's post match. T Mac has a a favorite white couch. Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm receiving oral, but unfortunately, I didn't shower, so I leave uh, a stain on T Mac's white couch. Oh no! Oh, Christ! Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I, and, and you know what? I'm so blown away by this falling in love with this temptress. 
that I don't even have the common courtesy to flip over the, the mattress or flip uh, over. The, yeah, I don't even have the common courtesy to flip it over. Uh, I just leave the stain right uh, there. Just for everybody to see. So in a so in a dramatic vignette from T Mac coming home from rehab or whatever from his injury, yeah, yeah. he sees the stain and he drops yeah. to his knees and he's like, Poor Kay <laughs> So then there's a build up of him trying to figure out whose stain it is. Obviously. Of so course. he's taking this he's taking this couch cushion to the locker room, hitting it up in everybody's face, and of course it's stinky and you know, growing stuff on it because uh-huh. it's ass funk on a white white you know, yeah. couch or whatever. So eventually it's revealed to him that it's me. Oh. So there's, there's, there's the kicker. There's mm. the heel turn, if right. you will. Yep. The fact is that, it, you know, and, and instead of, of me playing the, the, I, I was, I was tempted. I was, um, you know, it, it was not my fault. I say, it was me. It was me the whole time yeah. I left the stain. And by the way, don't check, your shoes because I left you a surprise in it. <laughs> and, and then from there, boom, money, WrestleMania right there. So, okay. So who's going over? Oh, of course me. Yeah. A guy that, a guy that picks himself, not going to put another guy over. Let's <laughs> yeah. Get that out there right now. Right. I love it. I always yeah. like it when T-Mac has to look up at the lights in these ones. That's always, it makes my day. I got to tell you. With, like with, with a shoe filled with jizz. Yeah, I mean, it, it you know, it doesn't yeah. get much more degrading. I think and you've got to like post match beat down. I rip off his other boot and I jizz in the other boot. Yeah, well, and I feel we've, like we've got we're off and running until SummerSlam. Yeah, well, I feel hold like on. when you wait, hold well, on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, do you jizz in my boot in the ring? Yeah. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. You know, we're bringing back uh, we're bringing back Attitude Era. I think the key stuff. here. The key here is when you do the reveal and you say it was me, you have to mush the cushion in his face, right? I mean, it has to be. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's like a dramatic beat down where I beat him up and then I tie his arms up in the rope and I put the cushion in his face. I say, it was me. <laughs> it was my ass that left this mark on this couch. And then, you know, that's, that's money. Like, that you don't is, need to do anything else. That's like no. Bill Watts booking right there for this house. Like, <laughs> that's great know, stuff. That's the, that's the license to print money right there. I love it. Yeah, see, as single producers, it's fun. It's it's it, it gives us a good insight in, into who you are as a person. Uh, oh, and it leaves me a, with uh, I, crying I in the corner. You, so the thanks, Flex. Really appreciate that. Who I really am. Yeah, no, that was that was totally fun. So let's get what what are some plugs, man? How can people find you? What you got some stuff to sell? What do we got going on? Boom. Um, well, the NWL office hasn't been smart enough to put on the Flex merchandise mm. on sale yet, but I'm assuming it's coming. But you can find me on Facebook at uh, Flex Zerba, mm-hmm. uh, Instagram at Flex Zerba, and on Twitter, look for me at, in, at Flex NWL. So hit me up, follow me. I love interacting with fans, unless you're dumb, and then I absolutely would rather just put my head in boiling water. But otherwise, if you're smart or a hot chick, Follow me, send me, send me some stuff. We we love it. We love it all day round. So, yeah. Flex, uh, I, I thank you for coming on here. I think you've made yourself a strong candidate for our next edition of Road Stories. We'll have to get you back on here, uh, where we talk nothing but road stories. Uh, but absolutely, uh, I will uh, have to check out the Statue of Limitations on some of those. Mm-hmm. And T Mac, I am sorry about that. Your favorite white couch. <laughs> Shit! Literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> All right, Flex, man, we appreciate your time, buddy. Thanks. 
Hey, thank you. Have a good one, guys. Flex Zerba. Man, I, did we tell you? That was fun. It was great. I loved it. And like he said, you know, it's like a sore Peter. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. <laughs> the guy's full of one-liners, and you got to be if you're going to ride up and down with Jerry Lawler and just, you know, be in the business this long uh, as a journeyman. Uh, just the stories, we just barely scratched the surface with Flex. Oh, did we just barely scratch the surface? I mean, he's got stories upon stories we get them backstage when we're at the nwl shows uh so we can't wait to do a road stories with him uh if you like the stripper story if you like the kevin nash sipping wine uh in tennessee story uh there's plenty where that came from so it is going to be a great time to catch up with him again but as we just did we talked to him and it was delightful we'll have to get his views on the greatest match of all time. Melina and Alicia Fox. Uh, at another time. I'm sure he can spare hours to talk about that. But beyond that, man, we've had a great episode. Tweet the Table went well. Lots of news. Uh, our weeks were great. I felt all in all, the Spanish announce table this week was a fun time. What did you think? I thought the Spanish announce table stayed intact, intact for this week. That's always the goal. Well, we will be back next week for... Uh, 216 of the Spanish Announce Table. Ah, on SpanishAnnounceTable.net and... Only once did Shawn Michaels and Triple H both win a match at the same WrestleMania pay-per-view, which was WrestleMania uh, 19. Uh, TrinityTopicsNetwork.com! <laughs>